ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. to welcome back on Pastor Michael here of Hegelish Baptist Church. Great man of God, good friend, and uh, we're going to have a great program for you tonight as a bring word on the fragmented soul. Let me get Pastor Michael on. Pastor Michael, are you with me? Good evening, Shannon. It's my honor to be with you tonight. How in heaven are you? Brother, I'm doing good. Now, I don't know how I'm coming through. Let me do a sound check. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're, you're you're breaking up, but uh, we still got you in there. So, uh, well, praise uh, the Lord. Good to, hear, good to hear your voice, brother. Praise God. I'm going to go ahead and turn the microphone over to you, brother. Thank you. Okay. Hey, good evening, everyone. Um, I'm going to talk on uh, one of my favorite topics tonight. Um, just as a little preface here, um, I've been in deliverance, active in deliverance for 31 years, and you know, it's just cool stuff. Um, when you have, you know, Jesus said, if I by the finger of God cast out devils, the kingdom of God has come upon you. And, you know, you don't have to make up anything. You don't have to embellish in the church. You know, you don't have to try and make the word of God be brighter or better than what it is. You just let the Lord do what he's doing, and he brings glory to himself and to the Father. Uh, and we just sit back in deliverance and just uh, uh, enjoy that, just uh, in awe of everything that he does. Because deliverance, you know, what a, what a wonderful thing that, that the Lord has uh, restored in these end times uh, for all of us. And all of us, we all need deliverance. If there's anybody uh, listening tonight that uh, has a thought in their head that, hey, I don't really need deliverance because I'm okay, uh, just remember that uh, um, Proverbs tells us that, uh, there is a way that seems right unto man, uh, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And, you know, in and of ourselves, we always think we're right, at least for the most part. But, uh, again, the Lord says, you know, there's a way that seems right unto man, uh, but the Lord weighs the spirits. In other words, 
he takes the situation and he, of course, knows it and sees it for what it truly is, and he weighs it out because we're we're sometimes clouded. We we have different filters in our life, so to speak, of how we grew up or where we grew up, and you know, did we have you know two fa- uh, two parent homes or one parent home, or did we have a home? Uh, you know, what kind of neighborhood did we have? Friends and all those things have an effect on us uh, as we get older. Uh, and so we, we don't always, that's why we don't, everybody doesn't look at things the same way because, you know, we were raised differently. But the Word of God is, is, our, is our guidebook. Uh, the Lord left us uh, um, uh, rules of the road, so to speak, so that we can get through this life, um, you know, having our, having our ugly dead flesh hanging all over us, uh, but knowing that our spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. The Lord's just done so much. And I've traveled all over the world teaching deliverance, and I've loved it. Um, but, you know, deliverance is kind of a, a small corner uh, in, the, uh, in the area of Christianity. Um, it will do something that nothing else will. Jesus only left one remedy for evil spirits, uh, and that was to cast them out in Jesus' name. You know, we can't wish them out, think them out, and we can't hope them out. Uh, God can sovereignly move them out if he wants to, but uh, for the most part, uh, because of Ephesians 6, you know, we're told that we have to wrestle. And until you've literally wrestled with demons uh, and maybe have some, some uh, marks, I've got, I've got some marks uh, on my hand. i got one on my hand. It's about inch and a half, two inches long. It's a fingernail that, was, uh, that the demon god just dug it down. This was about 20 years ago. I've got a bite mark on my side, other scratches. Uh, and that's because you're, you're wrestling with these things. If, if you're one of those deliverance people who doesn't allow demons to manifest, um, you're being tricked. These demons are playing a game with you, and I've seen them put on better deliverance shows than the real ones that we have when we're, when we're praying for people. Uh, this, this enemy is very, very smart. And the very second that we think in and of ourselves we're smarter or that we've got some kind of handle on spiritual warfare, we're already deceived because it's all of Jesus Christ. If, if our faith, if our trust, um, if our confidence is not in Christ and Christ alone, uh, then we're out there by ourselves because the Scripture tells us plainly that no flesh is going to glorify itself uh, in God's sight. So he makes sure of that. And, and so what the demons do is they, they just play games with people. And it's sad, it's tragic that um, because you know, we're so filled with ourselves sometimes, uh, and getting back to the point that I made when I first started to speak about this, uh, is that we all need deliverance. And from time to time, even after we get deliverance, and things are better in our lives, you, know, you can't go anywhere today. Uh, music is a, is a powerful um, voice that, uh, that we can't escape from. If we go into a restaurant, there's music playing. We go into a grocery store, it's music. Go into Walmart, uh, music. If you watch a movie or a TV shows, they're scored. They, they have music that, that you know, brings up the movie or brings down the movie, and we're very much influenced by these things and a lot of times that music is not really good for us. Uh, and Romans 6.16 tells us that to whomsoever we give ourselves over, servants to obey, his servants we are to whom we obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So we live in a world 
that has a whole bunch of garbage in it. Uh, and thank God for Jesus Christ, you know, because none of us would make it if it weren't for him. But people would think that, uh, you know, I enjoy talking about deliverance more than anything else. I enjoy seeing people get deliverance more than anything else. Uh, but I love to talk about a couple other topics. One I gave a couple weeks ago, and I guess the waters are, are still stirred up on that. Hey, I didn't try and convince anybody. I told everybody straight out at the beginning, this is what I believe, this is what I follow. Everybody else is entitled to believe what they want. Um, and that's, that's talking about eternal security. And, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's just a no-brainer for me. It's not a Baptist doctrine. Um, Pastor Worley was out of the Baptist, um, uh, the SBC, way back in, in I believe, 60 or 61. Um, it is, the name of the church has Baptist in it, and he didn't care. Uh, he says, we baptize, we're on the south side of Chicago, so, so we can be called Southern Baptist. Um, he, he truly was uh, a spirit-filled man that, that did the best he could, like, like all of us, to uh, follow the Lord. He just, he just had some qualities, gifts, uh, that many others either didn't bother to use or, or claim or whatever. Uh, he's a very tenacious man, and that's what that's why the Lord. One of the reasons the Lord used him uh, in uh, pioneering uh, the deliverance ministry. But it's just a small part. You know, getting demons out is really easy. Well, you know, you might have to struggle a little bit with them, but the hard the hard part is keeping them out. And we keep them out by knowing, following, um, adhering to the Word of God. It is the only thing that will keep demons out of our lives. There's no amount of works, good deeds, you know, no matter how many grandmothers we walk across the street or, you know, uh, dogs we pet or, you know, good works that we do. You know, all that stuff is, is a filthy rag in the sight of God. On our best day, when the wind is to our backs and we're going downhill and there's not a cloud in the sky, and everything is great, and we're sitting on the mountaintop with the Lord, you put all of the righteousness that, that's in our lives at that time, together with all the other righteousness that all the other believers on the earth have, and it's a filthy rag in the sight of God. It is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He is our righteousness. So when, when we sin, you know, Satan's a legalist, and, uh, you know, we have, we have the great story in Job, um, that tells us that, you know, Satan will be an accuser of the brethren. Uh, so he'll go before God, and, and Jesus just tells the Father, now this is, sim- you know, simplistically uh, explaining this, but uh, so Jesus is the Father, he's one of mine, and, and, and the Father who can't look upon sin says, oh, no problem, because of the righteousness of Christ. So everything's got to be of Jesus. You know, if we think we're smart, if we think we've got something or we have the gift of gab uh, or we can remember things or people like us or whatever, man, I'm telling you, if we look at any of that stuff to help us in our Christianity, we're already so far down the road of deception because it's got to be our lives have to be surrendered to Christ. I said all that to say this. Um, There are a couple topics. I mentioned, you know, the one on eternal security. The other one that I just love uh, and I've written a lot about. I haven't uh, published anything, but um, one of these days, if uh, if the Lord wills, and you know, there's just so many books out there. I'm, I don't know if the world really needs another book from me or, or a book from me. But I love to talk and teach on the soul. What is the soul? You know, 
there's misconceptions in Scripture of what it is, and it's a phenomenal, uh, it's a phenomenal part uh, of our character, of our being. Uh, over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 23, uh, Paul's, Paul's finishing up uh, this letter to them, and he says a short prayer at the end uh, where he says, uh, <clears throat> I'm King James, man. By the way, I'll read other Bibles. I'm not wound so tightly that um, that I, you know, I'm allergic to uh, other scriptures. Uh, but I like the King James. And it, to me, it sounds like the Bible. Uh, but the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray to God, your whole spirit, soul, and body would be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so we're three-part beings. We're body, soul, and spirit. Uh, we see our body, uh, like it or not, it is what it is. Our spirit is the thing that uh, gets born again. Uh, it gets sealed until the day of redemption. Uh, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We're given the earnest of the spirit. It's a legal term, uh, just as if you were to put money down on a house, even though you still have 500 payments to make on it, it's your house uh, because of the earnest money that you put down. We're given the earnest of the spirit. Uh, and so our spirit's taken care of. But the other part of us that really we don't, um, we as in Christianity uh, deal with in, in such a horrible way, that's the area of the soul. Uh, the soul is how we think, how we feel, and how we act or react in different situations. And so the soul, uh, many think uh, the soul can be saved. If you, uh, Let's slide over to First uh, Peter for just a second. We'll pass um, Hebrews there. And over in First Peter chapter 1, I believe it's verse 9. You know, Peter is talking about faith here. He's opening up about the importance of faith uh, because when, G, when uh, in Luke 22... Uh, when Jesus came to him, and uh, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to uh, have you, to sift you as wheat. In the Greek, uh, it was saying that Satan was desiring to claim you back for his own. But Jesus said, I've, I'm going to pray for you so that your faith doesn't fail. Because if our faith fails, everything else is gone. Now, thank God that our faith is something that's given to us from God. We're, giving, we're given at our salvation a measure, a grain, a seed, whatever you want to call it, of faith. And then we build upon that faith. And that's a gift of God. In fact, you know, we're, we're told that it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, uh, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration, by the word of God. And, and it's through grace that we're saved. Uh, I'm sorry, through faith it is by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So this faith is a gift that he gives us because we don't have any. You know, when we got saved, I, I would venture to say anybody listening tonight, uh, if you really thought back on your salvation, if, if you had a night today uh, salvation, some maybe were uh, raised in the church, praise God, um, you're going to find out that Jesus was the last thing you were probably looking for when you got saved. I wasn't looking for him. Uh, and yet he just busted into my life anyway. Thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, and so um, this gift from God is we then build upon this. But over in First Peter, 
that's why Peter's faith didn't fail. Because Jesus said, I'm going to pray for you that your faith won't fail. And you know something? If there's a prayer that we could ever count on, it's going to come from the Lord. And he's praying for all of us that our faith wouldn't fail either. And we may be buffeted about, we may be, you know, lied about, maligned, uh, run over, so to speak. Our faith won't fail because Jesus Christ is holding on to that. Isn't that cool? But over in 1 Peter 1, nine, Peter's talking about this faith. He knows a lot about it now. And he says, he says you're going to receive the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. See, by being three-part being, uh, when, we, when we go home for our reward, if you're born again, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your spirit is going to go to heaven. Your soul will not, thank God. Uh, some, your spirit, uh, the scripture tells us that, um, you know, we see through the glass darkly now. Uh, but at that time, when we see him face to face, we will see him as he is, and we will be just like him. We will not be Jesus Christ, but we will be just like him. You won't have to worry about sinning in heaven. You won't have to worry about dropping the ball uh, five eons from now. Uh, the Lord's got that all taken care of. He's going to make us to be just like him. Now, I don't understand this. This is what the Word of God says, so in my faith, uh, I exercise that, and I believe that. But in my finite mind, like eternal security, you know, it doesn't make sense. I get it. You know, I was raised under Pastor Worley, and so I believed it until one day I thought, you know, could it really be? And so I went out to prove it for myself. I, I studied exhaustively, and, and, you know, a lot of the verses that people are, are coming up with that, uh, that they think are talking about loss of salvation doesn't even have anything to do with salvation to begin with. It's really, it's almost embarrassing that, that so many that uh, have supposedly been walking with the Lord for, you know, any amount of time just, you know, still trip over this stuff. I grant you, I, I don't understand it. And I, I cannot, for the, no matter how hard I try to think about this, I cannot understand how such a holy, righteous, sovereign, wonderful God can stand to live in the filthy vessel that I give him. Because all of my righteousness is horrible. Everything... Everything that I've ever done in my flesh was a disaster. The only thing that's working in my life are the things that Jesus did for me. And so I don't know how, I don't know how the Holy Spirit can stand to live inside of me. I don't, think, I don't know how the Holy Spirit can stand to live inside of any believer. We're just so rotten. We're just on our best day. We're horrible. How many times a day? You know, the Scripture says that whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Ooh, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Good golly. I mean, you know, this is every day, not, not, just, not just once a day. You know, this is many times in our lives. You know, we just lack faith to do things. And so, I, again, I said all that to say this, you know, being over in First Peter uh, 1.9, that we receive the end of our faith, the, the, the prize, okay, the, the consolation uh, of the end of our faith, is the salvation of our souls. Well, that word salvation is a Greek word called soteria. It comes from the Greek word sozo, but sozo is, is the Greek word where we have our eternal security. 
where where our born again um, um, salvation that word salvation comes from. But this uh, this word salvation is a different word. It's not. It doesn't come out of sozo. It comes out of soteria. And if you look up soteria, I, I don't have the number in front of me. It's written in my Bible, but I have so much written in my Bible that uh, it's written over right now. Um, it's uh, 4991 uh, in the Strong's, and this word means God's present power to deliver. Wow. Look it up. God's present power to deliver. He gave us the rules of the road. He gave us this guidebook. He gave us just enough. You know, you don't have to read the book of Enoch. You don't have to read Maccabees. You know, leave that stuff alone. You know, well, I guess you can read it if, if you know the Word of God front and backwards and you've got it all memorized, and I think, you know, the Lord would probably say it's okay to read those other books. But what he left us is enough to get us through this life if we'll follow it, if we'll apply it or ascend to it. And so we receive the end of our faith by exercise, by exercising our faith and just trusting the Lord that he knows what's best for us, that his ways aren't our ways, and our ways aren't his, thank God, that, that as we exercise our faith, God is going to take care of us on this earth. You know, people, you know, we, we get vengeful sometimes, and, and I'm amazed at how many people are claiming to be in deliverance, and they're nothing more than cantankerous cusses. Again, it's embarrassing because it, it almost gives the ministry... A black eye. You know, the Word of God tells us that the children of darkness are wiser than the children of light. And how how we can think that that in the areas that we allow to go unchecked in our lives, because we think we're something when the Scripture says we're nothing, that people don't notice this. In fact, we're so deceived, many many Christians, because it's the first thing that people notice. You know, the first impression that, that somebody that somebody brings, uh, you know, when you meet somebody, uh, has a lot of weight to it. And there are just a lot of Christians that are just so burdened down with demons and are just so filled with 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 anger and bitterness and and um, a, a spirit of abandonment. And you know, maybe maybe mom, maybe you know, you were a mistake. And oops. You know, well, you know, maybe mom had considered aborting you, and, you know, these things have spiritual consequences, and they come down into our lives, and these will be some teachings for the future also. Uh, so we have to be careful. You know, there is life and death in our tongue. We can't, we can't create life. We can, we can bank on it. We can, ex- we can expound upon it. Uh, only God can create. Uh, but with our words, we can hurt people or we can help them. We can show people that, you know, we're, uh, we're nothing more than loose cannons or, or just, uh, you know, we're legends in our own mind. Or people will look at us, the unsaved, and say, you know, there's something about that brother. There's something about that sister. They're different. I've watched them. They, they, don't, they don't, you know, when Jesus was reviled, what's the scripture saying? He didn't revile back. When 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 they talked against him, he didn't even he didn't even need to stand up for himself because the word of God already did that. 
people judge themselves when they violate the Word of God. And when we do that, brothers and sisters, we pick up demons many times. And the Lord uses these things to draw us back to Him. It's classic. It, it's from Old Testament all the way to New. But we're going to talk tonight, for the, or for the rest of the time, uh, on receiving the end of our faith, the reward, the, cons- the uh, consolation, which is God's present power to deliver our mind, our wills, and our emotions. Because, you know, our body, you know, we do with it whatever, you know. Some have more, some have less, some look better. Uh, you know, that, that's a whole other part of who we are. Our spirit, Jesus took care of. But our soul is also up to us. And, you know, good in, good out. Good in, good out. Bad in, bad out. You know, we blame demons for a lot of things when, when in reality, we're our own worst enemy. Um, so let, let, let's go in and find out what the soul can do uh, or what, you know, what part of its function is uh, in our lives because once we get a handle on this, you know, it, it's phenomenal to see, you know, because you go to, um, you know, you go to a doctor or, you know, you go to a lot of pastors today and you say, hey, I'm, I'm hurting, you know, I'm all messed up. I, I don't feel like I'm myself. I, I don't feel complete. Well, we're not complete. If we have a fragmented soul, if we if our soul has been damaged, then we may not all be there. In fact, uh, I think it would be even safe to say that a lot of Christians uh, they walk around like zombies. They're almost soulless, and that's because they gave it up. You know, Jesus said, "What shall profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul?" Brothers and sisters, what have we sold? of our lives, of our souls, of the way we're supposed to think, of the way we're supposed to act, and the way we're supposed to feel. What have we exchanged so that we can enjoy this world's goods? We need to ask ourselves these things because we're not complete many times. Don't, don't you ever look at somebody or even yourself and say, you know, I, I just don't feel like, I, like I'm with it today. You know, these are indications. It's like, you know, the typical things that we hear today in the world. You know, what got into her? What possessed him to do that? Well, what's eating at him? Well, demons are. This is all demons. This is all the spiritual side of our life that we know so little about. And all that ties together, the soul, the body, the spirit, the conscience, so to speak, the heart, which is part of the mind, uh, and so, uh, what can the soul do? Um, scripture tells us, uh, let me give you a verse here, uh, over on Deuteronomy 10, 12, and Deuteronomy 26, 16, uh, throughout the Old Testament, actually. Um, we're told that we're to love and serve our Lord with all of our soul. But if our soul is not complete, if it's not 100%, then maybe we're only giving the Lord... 60%. Maybe we're getting them, giving them less. Maybe we're giving them more. But if we're not 100% there, we can't give him what we don't have. Yet he tells us this, this, is, this is the importance of our soul because we need to love the Lord our God with all of our soul. And if it's not all there, we're going to have troubles or we're going to have problems in our lives uh, as we go through, people are going to trip us up. Uh, they're going to say something to us. We're going to be so thin-skinned that that you know we just you know we react the wrong way. Remember, our souls are how we think, 
how we feel, uh, and how we act. And so we're, we're to love the Lord uh, with all of our souls. So let, let's look at uh, what the Scripture says about the soul just for a few minutes here. It says the soul uh, can be subverted by words. And you find that over in Acts 15.24. The way you think, the way you feel, and the way you act can be subverted by words that people say. That's why we need to be careful at the words we use, because we can hurt people. And God forbid, I mean, we all know what it's like to hurt. Who wants to hurt somebody? Well, I think a lot of believers, if they were to look on the inside and, and see all that filth that they've got covered up uh, under their own pride and righteousness, they're going to find out that sometimes Christians do like to do bad things. You know, sheep bite, and sometimes they enjoy biting. But if, we're, if our soul was all there, we probably would be able to avoid many of these things. By the way, over in Acts 15.24, uh, this is when the disciples had come back from Jerusalem, uh, and, and uh, they, had some, they had some people that were in the group. Uh, this is where the word heretic or, or um, heretical things come from. Um, they were part of the group, uh, but they either left or they decided they wanted to take the group that they were in in a different direction. If you look it up in the Greek, that's what the word heretic, um, Paul told Titus, he said a heretic, which is somebody who is part of the group, whether it's Christianity or your church or your fellowship or whatever, uh, you're part of that, but you're not. You actually want to go in a different direction, uh, and you subvert people. You do it with your words. You do it with innuendos. Uh, and this is where we get our word heretic. Uh, Paul says a heretic, after the second or third admonition, reject. He's sinning in and of himself. He doesn't care the word of God says. You know, our hearts can hurt for him, but let's not be enablers here. Okay? Let, let's go forward with the Word of God. If people don't want to follow the Word of God, if they, if they want to make it up or, you know, shine it up or embellish it or whatever, let them do that. that you know, but let's not us get involved in that. Let's just take the Word for what it says, uh, apply it in our lives, and then find out, wow, it works. And, and obviously Jesus knows what he's talking about. And so people were saying things as they were leaving the group or trying to split the group, uh, and it says that um, uh, Luke, who wrote it, uh, or the Holy Spirit, however you want to look at it, uh, said that there were some uh, that were here, but they, um, they subverted your souls with words and thoughts. And when you look up the word subvert, it means to pack up like a suitcase. Really interesting. Because what, what does that imply when you when you're packing a suitcase, you're going somewhere. And people's souls were being fragmented, subverted by words and thoughts. And that, that's, uh, again, over uh, in Acts 15.24. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, false teachings uh, can beguile our soul, Second Peter 2.14. Our soul can be snared, Psalm 35, verses 4 through 7. Our soul can be spoiled. That's Psalm 35. Um, I believe 12. I have actually uh, in my note here 120, but if I remember correctly, Psalm 35 doesn't have 120 uh, verses. 
Um, so it can be spoiled, and that's Psalm 35, 12. Our soul is actually sought out to be destroyed. Psalm 40, verse 14. Psalm 63, verse 9. Psalm 71, 10 through 13. Our soul can be in anguish. That's why so many people today, I'm talking about in the church, are on um, um, antidepressants, um, you know, Wellbutrin, Zoloft, whatever. Um, th- there's a void there. Now, if you're on your medication, if you, if you take medication for these things, stay on your medication. I had a $2,000 a week cocaine habit, uh, and the Lord delivered me. Uh, and this was about nine months into, uh, into uh, coming to uh, Hegwish. Uh, it took a long time to get those drug spirits out. Uh, actually, the Lord was delivering me the things he wanted, he told me, not the things I wanted. But uh, when that day came, uh, it was a big deal for me because uh, I, did, I had no more desire for it. And, you know, five minutes earlier, uh, I would have, you know, almost killed somebody to do that. But the Lord delivered me off of the cocaine while I was still doing it. Because I would, I would get high on the way to church and on the way home from church. Uh, it was just something that, uh, that I had a, a, you know, a very difficult time beating. But when the Lord delivered me of it, that was it. I didn't need any more. I never, I never even thought about it after that. Well, I thought about it, but I never had a desire for it. That's what deliverance does. You know, deliverance isn't a placebo. It's not a Band-Aid. Man, I mean, deliverance, like, like I said earlier, you know, Jesus said, if I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, the kingdom of God has come upon you. This, this, is a, this is a phenomenal, ginormous part of the word of God that we need to have right in our lives. And, and there's just so many out there that, that misunderstand the ministry. And, and, you know, I mean, I hear people talking, you know, either to demons or about demons, you know, like they're stupid or something. Yeah, you know, you're, you're just a dumb old devil. And, brothers and sisters, I guarantee you, these things are not dumb. They are very intelligent. In fact, you know that book of tricks that you read? They wrote it. These things know how to tap us on the left shoulder, pinch us on the right shoulder, bump us in the left leg to ruin our day. And we're like clockwork. We are creatures of habit. And we allow, because we don't allow the Word of God to wash us, we get into this rut of our lives. And when, when we hear a certain thing or, in, uh, or we encounter uh, something in our lives that, that, you know, we've just not given to the Lord, it trips us up every time. And the devil just, he laughs all the way to hell. As I said earlier, you know, the demons aren't, aren't the worst enemy we have. We're the worst enemy we have. Because we don't exercise our faith or do these things that the Word of God tells us. And hey, listen, I'm the first one raising my hand here that I too, I struggle still with things. And I still need more deliverance in my life. But I'm still here after 31 years. And that's not, not because of me. That's because I'm too ignorant to go anywhere else. I know what's behind me. A big old devil. And I know that he would eat my lunch if I got away from this ministry. That's why I stick to it. I know it's the truth. I know it's the Word of God. I know what it did for me. I know there are people out there saying, well, I've tried it and it didn't do anything. Well, you either got hold of bad deliverance or you never really gave it a shot. 
you know, when Jesus said, come, taste me and see that I'm good, you know, we just can't, you know, put something in our mouth for a half a second and spit it out and think that, that we're going to know what it is. We need take part, chomp down on the Lord, test him, try him. He has no problem with us testing him. You know, this thing with eternal security, and I, I know it really stirs up the crowd, uh, some in the crowd. And you know what else I noticed about those that, uh, that not everyone, but many who believe that, uh, um, you know, this loss of salvation, is they're angry people. They, they, they are angry on the inside. They're, um, uh, you know, they're very proud um, because I guess, you know, maybe they, maybe they think that they got a good handle uh, on this thing, um, you know, because our, our carnal mind tells us that, that it just can't be. Well, that's right. Our carnal mind does tell us it can't be. But the Word of God tells us, see, the Word of God is not our carnal mind. The Word of God tells us that with his great love, he, he bestowed us. He, he, he begot us again. And you try and understand the love of God. I, I, once again, my brain, you know, I think about it for about five seconds and my brain freezes. Because I can't, I don't get it. I don't understand how God can be so good when I'm so bad. But he is, and I am, so that's cool. I, I, I've, I've reconciled that. You know, God's a God of restoration. He's a God of reconciliation. He, he's reconciling us always through his son back to himself. And, and he's, he's, um, he's, uh, he's reconciling and um, restoring. Um, what's that word I was going to use? Um, he's, uh, he's restoring us. Um, he, he's making us to be just as if we never sinned. Um, you know, I'm going to get off on this topic here, so let's go on. Our soul can be in anguish. Um, we're talking about the drugs. That's uh, Genesis 42:21. It can be a tr- in travail. That's Isaiah 53:11. Our soul can be bound by vows. Now, real quick, because vows are very important in the area of our of our soul, and you know, we say things. You know, I had an incident happen a few years ago, uh, and I went to some people and I said, you know something. I'm going, you know, if, it's, if this is the last thing I do, I'm going to fix this problem. Well, you know, two years later, the Lord, Lord was finally able to get through to me, and he said, you know, son, you've, you cursed yourself. I said, huh? He said, you cursed yourself. He said, you can't fix that situation. It doesn't have anything to do with you. And I was like, wow. I actually, I was so burdened down in these two years trying to fix something that I had no control over to begin with. And because I told somebody that I will fix this if this is the last thing I do, I put a curse upon myself. I vowed a vow that I couldn't fulfill. That's why we need to be careful of our words. So our soul can be bound by vows, and that's Numbers 30, verse 9. Our soul can be hunted down and made to fly through the air through witchcraft. And you'll find that in Ezekiel 13, verses 18, or verse 18, and uh, Ezekiel 19, verse 20. I'm going to speed up here a little bit. Uh, the soul can lust 
and long for something. Now, I know nobody out there has that problem, but I, I've heard some people do. That's Deuteronomy 12, 15, verse 20, and verse 21. Our soul can be miserable and vexed, Judges 10, 16, and 16, 16. Our soul can be bitter, 1 Samuel 1, 10, Job 3, 20, Job 7, 11, 10, 1. Our soul can be persecuted, Psalm 7, 5. Sex. Illicit sexual relationships. Now, I, I don't know, you know, spiritually speaking, how this affects our soul. Because, spiritually speaking, it would affect our spirit, which can't be affected because it's sealed until the day of redemption. I'm, I'm not sure that spiritual adultery uh, would cover this area. But if we lust after somebody, uh, if we've been involved, in, if you're married... Uh, and you've committed adultery, that means you've, you've fornicated with somebody that's married, um, or you just committed fornication, maybe you're not married, you've broken off part of your soul. Some part of your soul has attached itself to that person and vice versa. In fact, let, let's go, instead of just giving you the, the reference here, because this is really important. You know, uh, I hear tell uh, that uh, there's a big problem today uh, in the church uh, with uh, uh, with affairs, and uh, God forbid, you know, isn't that horrible? And, and and how many of these preachers out there? You know, when the Word of God talks about these guys, it says they have eyes full of adultery. It doesn't mean that they're that they're okay people, uh, you know, and they have a problem with lust. They are in the pulpit, or they went to school to do this, so that they can do what they're doing. Because they're, they're, they're nothing better than pigs in the trough. They have no desire to serve God or to help people out. They have a desire. They, they have eyes full of adultery. Over in Genesis 34, Genesis 34, this is, uh, this is the story of Shechem when he laid with Dinah. Dinah was the daughter of Jacob. Uh, and when he did, in verse 2, it says, When Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw Dinah, he took her, he laid with her, and he defiled her. And his soul cleaved unto Dinah. In the Hebrew, it says it joined together. Wow. Isn't that weird? By the way, look up the word weird. It's everything of what I just said in the context. His soul cleaved unto Dinah. And if you drop down a few more verses, um, uh, verse 8 Hamar, Hamar is the father uh, of uh, Shechem, uh, he came to Jacob and he said, The soul of my son Shechem longeth, same word as, as cleaved in the uh, Hebrew, it cleaved um, uh, for your daughter. And I pray that you would give him to her as a wife. And Shechem had such a desire to be with Dinah that he sent his father to Jacob to try and swing the deal. But why was why did he have such a desire? Why when we get why you know we hear or maybe we've been involved uh, you you've been involved in in something uh, you know like this that you just had such a desire such a you know see demons are just always looking. You know they they recognize each other uh, hate each other by the way uh, but you know they have a plan 
uh, and they scan. They get into situations and, and they scan things out. And, and if there's a chance that uh, they can get you to uh, hook up an ungodly soul tie with a gal or with a guy, uh, you know, it's not very long thereafter that, you know, you end up in bed and in the morning or whenever you get up and for the most part, I mean, you know, there, there, are, there are whores and whoremongers out there that are actually in the church, but if, you, if you're like anybody else who just made a mistake, you get up or, or you leave and you think, what did I do? How did this happen? How could I have allowed this? Well, part of your soul, you weren't thinking right. Because, well, it's probably already been given up. But, you know, after that, and, that, and that's why the first thing, um, brothers and sisters, when you hear of somebody, a friend, if they ever come to you and they say, hey, you know, I slipped up and I did this, the very first thing you, you need to ensure is that it's over. It's got to be stopped. And if you're a friend, a true friend, you'll then do what you have to or do what you can uh, to help that person out because many times they can't stop, and that's because a part of them is already with that person. Now, it makes perfect sense when we look at it like that. But, you know, where is this taught in the church today? See, what we're told, brothers and sisters, we're told it's bad, it's wrong to have illicit relationship with somebody. Well, you know, depending on how you grew up, your bad may not be my bad. And people may be sitting there going, well, I don't know. I, I seem to enjoy it every once in a while. I mean, if you think it's bad, it may be bad for you, but not for me. See, there's a difference between good and bad and right and wrong. You know, today, you know, the, the world used to hate the church um, because the church convicted it of sin. Now the world hates the church because of our hypocrisy. You know, at one time, we taught... In our morals, we were taught what was right and what was wrong. Then Dr. Spock came along, not the guy with the ears, and he wrote a book, uh, by the way, that he recanted before his death. It would have been nice for him to have written another book to tell people uh, I was wrong. He could have made it 300 pages, and on every page he could have written one, one, one line, I was wrong. Uh, but he didn't. And... Uh, um, uh, you know, he could have uh, probably taken care of a, a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of misfortunes that, that went on with that. Um, oh, boy, where am I here? I'm out on a limb. And uh, um, Oh, right and wrong. So now the church doesn't bother with right, with right and wrong. You know why? Because you won't stay in the church. And the church got to have that money. Oh, I mean, you know, with, you know, as a pastor, the very first thing, first thing, probably 99.9% .9 of the time, when I'm talking to somebody visiting and they say, what do you do? And I say, I'm a pastor. They say, oh, how big is your church? Because, see, big in the world is good. Now, big in the Word of God isn't, isn't always good. But in the world it is. So if you have a big church, you know, you're a successful person. Well, you know, it's, it's, and so in order to get people to stay in the church, the church has had to tone down right and wrong. And so they made it good and bad. You know, it, it's not good to do bad, so for the most part. And, you know, you don't get that, you know, you don't get that conviction, you know, about right and wrong when you hear about good and bad. You know, you can justify a lot more in your life. But now the church has even gone beyond that, uh, and, and they just, they don't even care anymore. Good and bad, who cares? You know, they'll send you to the doctor to pump you full of drugs. 
Uh, they'll send you to a self-help class. You know, the scripture tells us to esteem others more highly than ourselves. Yet there's this huge teaching out there because of our soul, because of the hurts we have in our lives, that we have low self-esteem. Now, it's not that we have low self-esteem. It's we have spirits of self-hatred. We have a, a family, an unhappy family there, uh, that works in the area of, the, of what's called the self-life. Self-hatred, self-condemnation, self-awareness, uh, you know, so, uh, did I say self-consciousness? And, and these things are the things that, that eat our lunch. It's not that we have to have self-esteem. The scripture says esteem others better than ourselves. Uh, you know, Paul says, or Jesus said, why, um, why do you think you're something? I think it's Paul. He said, why do you think you're something when you're nothing? That may, but that may have been the Lord. But that's what the verse says. Why do we think we're something when we're nothing? You know, I think I mentioned this last week. Um, in the Beatitudes, the very first Beatitude that we have um, is, uh, Blessed are those uh, who are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, it's very interesting that that's the first one, because in the Greek, if you look up the word poor in spirit, it has nothing to do with money. But in the reality of our lives, it has everything to do with what, what we need to be bankrupt of, and that's ourselves. Because the Greek word tochos, which I know I've mis, mispronounced, uh, tells us that we can be nothing and we can do nothing because we are nothing. See, once we get there, once we realize that we can be nothing and that we can do nothing because we are nothing, then Jesus shines in our life because he's the only thing left. And we die. We die daily to these things. We put to death the things that work in our mortal flesh, the scripture says. You know, what's working in our mortal flesh? Demons. The demons aren't in the spirit, and they're not, they're, they're in the body, but that's because the body, because the soul, uh, logistically speaking, is in the body. But other than that, the, you know, the demons are in the flesh area. That's the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we act or react, and that's why this area of our soul is so important. Okay, moving on. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, um, the soul can be miserable and vexed. I think I gave that one. Yeah. Okay, uh, sex, that's Genesis 34. Our soul can be imprisoned, Psalm 142. It can be afflicted, Psalm 143.12. Our soul can sin through ignorance. And become unclean and guilty, Leviticus 4.2. Our soul can become polluted, Ezekiel 4.14. Our soul, soul, as I mentioned earlier, I think I gave this verse, is sought out. Um, You know, there's actually uh, people in the darker arts, or enemies of ours. Uh, They don't have to be our enemies, but they're enemies of us, that um, they want to hurt us. They, They want us to trip up in our Christianity. And our souls are being sought in order to be destroyed. That's Psalm 40, 14. Uh, our enemy lies in wait for our soul. That's uh, Psalm 56, 6, 59, 3. A whole bunch more. I mean, there's just, I can just go on for hours with this stuff. I mean, the Word of God is, is, just, is just abundant with things of the soul. Our soul, as I mentioned earlier, can be exchanged or given away. And that's Matthew 16, 26. But brothers and sisters, before we break, well, we still we still have a, a good bit of time here. Um, let's look at the good side of the soul. Our soul can be purified 
by, obe- by obedience. That's John 17, 17. And in fact, let's go there real quick, because this good stuff is good for us to know. These, these, these are the foundations, um, the pylons, uh, so to speak, that get pounded into the ground in our Christianity that helps our faith stay where it needs to be. We need to look at the Word of God for what it says. You know, this hope that's talked about in the Word of God, it's not an Eeyore hope. It's not a hope that I, that I make it to the end of the week. It's, I'm going to make it to the end of the week, and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but the Lord's going to get me there, and it's all going to be okay. And that's a positive hope. And there's nothing negative in it from the Word of God. All the promises are yay and amen, not well, maybe so, hope so, guess so. You know, we need to stop being Eeyore Christians. Many of us are Eeyore Christians because our souls are fragmented. But over in John 17, uh, 17 um, uh, Jesus says that, uh, he says, um, he's, uh, this is an intercessory prayer to his Father. Um, he says, sanctify them through thy truth, because thy word is truth. And so our soul can be purified by being obedient to the Word of God. It can, it can be redeemed, 1 Kings one twenty nine, Psalm 49.15. Our soul can be delivered from the wicked and from the sword, Psalm 17.13, uh, Psalm 22.20, Psalm 55.18. Our soul can be converted and restored, Psalm 19.70, uh, Psalm 123.3. Our soul can be humbled and chastened with fasting. That's why it's so hard to fast. Psalm 35, 13, Psalm 69, 10. Our soul can be healed. Psalm 41, 4. Our soul can be joyful. Psalm 61, 10. Our soul can be delivered by righteousness. Ezekiel 14, 14. Our soul can be possessed let me say let me say this one that one for that. Our soul can be imparted to others for good or evil. You know, Proverbs twenty two tells us that if we make friends with an angry person. Now, brothers and sisters, listen to this because I've actually had to apply this in my life. I had to cut off a very a very long loved, beloved friendship in my life because this person was angry all the time. And, I mean, the Lord just, you know, he was a friend. So I just, you know, I just never really gave it much thought until the Lord convicted me and and, and brought brought forth that verse and found in, in um, sorry, it's Proverbs 22. It says, don't make friends with an angry man and with a furious man. Don't go with him. Because what will happen is that you'll learn his ways, and it will bring a snare to your soul. And so we hang with people that we ought to just not hang with. Now, we, we don't need to stop loving them, but if they're porcupines, if they're just always bummers and down and outs, and, and you know, if they walk around with a cloud over them all the time, brothers and sisters, you don't need that in your life. You're doing everything you can to beat off the adversary and whatever else the world's trying to do to get you. You know, you don't need help from Christians to feel bad. So get away from that person. 
break contact, break the ungodly soul ties. You say, well, I just have to be around that person. No, you don't. Break the ungodly soul tie that you have because you are in violation of the Word of God. Now, you say, well, but this person doesn't have any friends. That's their problem. Maybe they don't have friends for a reason. But if you allow somebody to come into your life to hurt you, you're responsible for that. And if you're in violation to the Word of God, we can get mad at the pastor, and we can get mad at the church, and we can get mad at everybody else, and, and, but it's really our own fault for these things. I know this is tough stuff, but this is what the Word of God says. And when we violate it, we pick up demons. Just a couple more things here real quick. Um, let's turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to look at verse 21. Just love this. This is just so awesome. Book of James. I, I call it the, the uh, bedtime story. You know, it's a nice little, nice little, you know, short book that you can pick up as you're laying your head on the pillow at night, and you know, so that uh, give you nice sweet dreams. Good golly, can you imagine living? You know, this is the half brother Jesus. Can you imagine living in a house with Jesus? You know, I'm sure maybe once Mary might have said uh, to James or, or Joseph, uh, Joseph uh, not the father, but uh, one of the sons is named Joseph. You know, why can't you be more like your brother? But James was somewhat like his brother. He was the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, and in verse 21, I mean, this, this guy, man, oh man, I mean, he doesn't hold back anything. He pulls no punches. Um, he says, lay apart all filthiness. In the Greek, it means dirty things. Uh, and, and superfluity uh, of naughtiness. Uh, it means things that are exceedingly evil. And receive with meekness. Not, hey, I deserve this, I'm a king's kid. Receive with meekness, that means an attitude of our spirit, the engrafted word, the imparted word of God, which is able to save, preserve, heal our souls. And so the engrafted word is the thing that does this. Uh, you know, it's, it's not our voice inflection, it's not how loud we yell at demons, uh, it's by our obedience to the Word of God. And before we break, just one more verse, and this is, uh, this is really critical. Uh, turn to Luke 21, verse 19. Luke, Luke 21, verse 19. Jesus is ripping it up here. I mean, he, he is all over uh, in verse 21 uh, about the horrors, the atrocities, the evil. Uh, that's going to come on the earth. If, you know, if we think we've seen anything yet, we've not seen anything, because it is going to get, you know, evil is going to be called good. You know, have you ever you ever looked at certain situations? You know, there, there are some states that, um, because you're a drug addict, uh, they'll hand they'll provide a needle for you. You know, I, I understand the thinking behind that, but it's demonic. It's wrong. It's not right for some and wrong for others. It's totally wrong. You don't help people to do wrong. And that's called being good. And so evil or wrong is now being called good. We have it all over the earth today. And um, in verse uh, 22, I think uh, 21, uh, let me see, 22, I believe it is. I'll be there in just a second. Um, nope, it's, it's Luke 21. Uh, verse 19. Again, Jesus just got done ripping it up, and he then closes, or, or he 
as he starts to come to an end with what he's saying here about all the problems that are going to come, he says, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Brothers and sisters, get deliverance. Close the door to people that are unprofitable for you in your Christianity. You don't have to stop loving them. You know, if they're a porcupine, love them from a distance. You don't have you don't have to sloppy agape everybody you come into contact with. You can love them from a distance. Some people are bad for you. But in our patience, wow, our patience, what's that? Well, that's an attitude that doesn't surrender, the Greek says, to circumstances uh, or succumb to uh, trials that are in our lives. Let me, let, me, let me mention that again. This is what the, word, what the word patience means in the Greek. It means to have an attitude that doesn't surrender to the circumstances around us or succumb to the trials that are going to happen. And Jesus says, in our patience, possess your souls. Because if you don't, brothers and sisters, if you don't find a way to possess your soul through the Word of God, deliverance will get the demons out, but the Word of God will then keep them out. Your doctrine. You know, Paul says if, if people have other doctrines, uh, you need to run away from these people. So that, that's Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11. In, in Galatians 1, he says if somebody comes teaching another doctrine, he says let them be cut off and sent to hell. It's really serious stuff. And the reason that we're so fragmented in the Word of God is because our souls are fragmented. And the Lord's, the Lord's been, about, been abundantly uh, um, um, promoting this, but it's just not taught in, in churches today. It, it's as plain as, uh, as the Bible before us when we read it. So get deliverance. Get the demons out. Find a place to fellowship, even if it's just with the Lord. Uh, close the door to error and false doctrine. Close the door to people who are bad for your Christianity. You will, you will hook up an ungodly soul tie with them. Those demons will transfer from them. Uh, you know, again, I know we're a little bit over, but, uh, you know, when I, when I was getting deliverance uh, in that day, when I first came to the church, I was just loaded. I had mean, ugly demons. I hated it. I was embarrassed by it. But, but the brothers loved me. They, they, no matter how many times they were probably sick and tired of praying for me, they loved me, and that that's what carried me through. And then I finally, I finally got my deliverance. But I was delivered of of homo, of a spirit of homosexuality. I'd never been involved, but that came in through the music, because we hook up these ungodly soul ties as we make agreements. You you sing these songs that are out there, you know these. These silly love songs. That's not a love song. It's a lust song. And we just literally open ourselves up to the devil, and he plays pile on. And he always will. We need to find out how to keep them out of our lives. So we'll go ahead and take a break and, and uh, refresh our coffee and stretch our legs and come back, and, and uh, I can teach some more on this, or we can open up the phone lines, whatever Brother Shannon wants to do. Uh, it'll be a great night ahead of us. Love y'all, and I'll see you. I'll be back here in just a few minutes. Are you being attacked, tormented, harassed, or hindered? If you answered yes, then it's time to get set free of your demons by the power of Jesus Christ and His shed blood. Contact us, and a team of ministers will call you anywhere you live worldwide and cast 
two hours. Spread the word word that Jesus Christ sets the captives free. Are you ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and tune in each night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific to the Omega Man Radio Network with your host, Shannon Ray Davis. Omega Man Radio is taking enemy territory for Jesus Christ. Yahshua preaching the gospel of the Messiah and ministering in deliverance and miracle healing. Add some great guest interviews and you have the recipe for fresh oil for the airwaves. Tune in at OmegaManRadio.com. All right, welcome back to Mega Man Radio. Let's get Pastor back on. Pastor Michael. Hey, Shannon, how are you, brother? I'm doing good. I don't know if the uh, connection is holding up, but I'm going to give the microphone back to you. Okay. Um, I guess uh, I'll do some more um, teaching. I, I love this uh, thing. I've actually Amen. Just, scratched, just scratched the surface, and uh, uh, there's a lot more. I don't want to neglect prayer or people's questions. You know, these things always gen, uh, uh, generate questions, but um, let me give a little bit more explanation about the soul and how important it is. Um, it's something, you know, as we diet, uh, you know, take care of our bodies uh, to the best of our ability or not, uh, you know, but for the most part, you know, thank God we take showers and, and uh, rub the barnacles off, and but we need to do that with our soul also. And uh, because... It's not a, a tangible thing uh, that we see always before us. Uh, you know, we forget how important it is. Uh, but it really is the thing that, that um, the Lord uses, or, you know, to promote uh, his kingdom. And people judge us uh, by the way we act, um, how we react with feelings and emotions. And, and uh, we need to be very careful because... Uh, we've been given the Word of God. Uh, Paul tells us that, uh, speaking of the Word of God, he says, you know, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And God, it's just unbelievable to, to you know, to under, or it's so difficult to understand, that God actually entrusts us with his Word because he probably really couldn't entrust us with, you know, two and a half cents. And... But he does this as he works through us. And because uh, over, I believe it's Malachi 3, it's speaking of Jesus, uh, it says that the law of truth was in his mouth. And because of that, he turned many from iniquity. And that's really what the Word of God should do. Um, see, darkness really doesn't exist uh, in and of itself. It, it exists in what we see. Uh, but it's actually the absence of light. It doesn't really, um, in physics, it doesn't uh, doesn't exist like light does. Uh, it's actually darkness is the absence of light. Uh, evil in the world is the absence of the Word of God. It's the absence uh, of a relationship and a and a, a total um, um, a total alliance with, with Jesus Christ. Because he does everything, um, you know. The very—he's uh, not—he's um, not the molecules. He's not the—you uh, know—the new age, that pantheism that's out there. You know, where God is all uh, and all is God. Well, it, it's not quite like that. But it, speaking of Jesus, over in Colossians one, uh, in verse fifteen and sixteen, it says that uh, Jesus is the image 
of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible or invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And we need to keep that in mind because uh, it's all about Jesus. I mean, he, he, he's the glue. You know, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth one of these days. Um, and how the old earth is going to blow apart is Jesus is going to leave it. He's going to take his hands off of it, and when he does that, it will just disintegrate. It will just fall apart because he holds these things together. That's why we need to, we, that's why we can trust him and we need to trust him, both in the large things and the small things. Hey, getting back, now looking at soul ties and our souls and, and how these things can affect us uh, in our homes, in our churches, uh, in our personal relationships uh, with the Lord, uh, is, is just paramount. Um, so let's, let's go a little bit further. Uh, I was talking about the good uh, and bad parts of the soul, and we got, we got through that uh, for the most part uh, um, during the first uh, hour that we had. Uh, but now, when I, when I mention that the soul is the way we think, feel, and act or react, I'd like to give you some scripture for that. Over, over in Psalm 139, uh, verse 14. Psalm 139, verse 14. It says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knows right well. So now there's a verse that shows us that our soul knows. It, 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 it thinks it's part of the mind. Uh, here's another verse, and there are many of these things. I'll just give two or three. Uh, Proverbs 19, verse 2. Uh, we're told that, it, that it's not good for the soul to be without knowledge. And so, again, showing that the, our soul is also part of the way um, um, we, um, we think. Uh, it can be part of feelings, too, but uh, this is uh, talking about uh, the way we think, and now we will, let's see, let's go to, uh, let's go to the will, and uh, I'll tell you what, um, let, let's work real quick over in Second Peter uh, 2.14, I had mentioned this, this verse earlier, talking about uh, people uh, who have eyes full of adultery, can't see some sin, uh, they beguile, it means to, uh, to bait, to catch, to deceive, to deceive by soft words or through witchcraft, unstable souls. An unstable soul is a soul that doesn't think. It, it doesn't. It, it either doesn't think because it doesn't know to think, or it doesn't care to think. But there are so many in the church that you know these doctors come along. Good golly! I mean, who could have ever thought that a dog leash around the neck of a man? as he's walking on all fours with a leash that his wife's holding, would be allowed in the church as worship. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's beyond the ridiculous. Uh, and yet that was allowed in, in Brownsville. And, uh, you know, many, many other bizarre, weird, um, demonic things, you know, were allowed uh, in the church. And that's because people's souls, their thinking was fragmented. I mean, 
how can you justify some of this stuff? And some of these other doctrines that are out there, you know, the preterists, you know, that Jesus came back uh, in 70 A.D. Really? really? I, you know, you'd think he would have left a little bit of evidence for that. But uh, over in uh, Psalm 77, uh, verse 2, um, it says, In the days of my trouble, Job, I, I, um, David, I'm sorry, in the days of my trouble, I sought the Lord, my sore ran in the night and ceased not, and my soul refused to be comforted. So now the soul has made a choice. It made a decision which is part of our, uh, part of our thinking. So um, let's look at uh, uh, Job chapter 6, verse 7. Uh, Job, Job, because of the uh, things that he was going through, uh, he said, my soul is refusing to touch or to eat meat. His soul was making a choice. And so, now, if his soul is making a choice for food, if in Psalm 77 the soul is, is making a determination to not be comforted, uh, if, if it's not good in, in Proverbs 19.2 for the soul to be without knowledge and to think well, it must be a pretty big part of our Christianity or of our, of our physical life here on this earth. Over in Proverbs 19.15, it says, Soft slowfulness cast into a deep sleep, and an idle soul, a slack soul, shall suffer hunger. It's making a choice with, with, you know, being involved in slowfulness to not do something that it it should. Um, uh, Psalm 62.1, Truly my soul waits upon God for him cometh my salvation. Now, um, David was, um, when he was uh, told to, um, um, he was actually commanding the prince of Israel uh, in uh, the building of the temple over, over in First uh, Chronicles 22.19. He, he told him, he says, set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord and to arise thereof, and then build the sanctuary of the Lord, and then bring the Ark of the Covenant and the holy vessels and and so forth and so on. But he was telling them to set your heart, your mind, and your soul, choose, make a decision here, to seek the Lord. And so it's important that our soul is as, as 100% as we can get it. And that's, that's why we need deliverance. That's why we need to break ungodly soul ties. That's why we, not need, we don't need to hang with some people that we're hanging with. Uh, we are attracting to ourselves demons. We are attracting to ourselves things that are going to freeze the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and even if we don't pick up demons because of this, we, we will still be fairly miserable people because the Lord will not be allowed to work in our lives. Remember, the Lord will bless whatever is his in our life. If we have 40% Christianity and 60% world, he'll bless 40% of what he can in our lives. He'll do for us. Uh, we, we need to do for ourselves what we can, and then what we can't, he'll do for us. Uh, but the things that are in his word, you know, I just don't think I could do that. Well, the, you know, the word, doesn't, the word doesn't care how we feel. Uh, about things. The Word tells us what to do, and if God t- 
tells us to do something, he's going to equip us to be able to do it. Now, real quick, just look at the emotions before we move on. Uh, in Isaiah 61.10, um, I greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. Over in Isaiah 55.2, um, this is a great verse, a whole set of verses coming up to this, the context. Um, it says, uh, wherefore do you spend money for that which isn't bread? And you labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken diligently unto me, eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. There are things that, that we can do on this earth and rejoice in them and enjoy them. God left us many things to enjoy, not, not to abuse, but to get enjoyment from. And that is hooked up with our souls. You know, Maybe there's somebody out there tonight, you're just sad all the time, and you don't know why. You know, maybe, um, you know, there's no trauma, there's nothing that you can really put your hands on. You know, this stuff can come down through the generations. Uh, curses, soul ties, well, curses can. Um, it's, it's called sins of the fathers. It's actually more, I think a better term would be called uh, iniquities of the fathers, because the sins are the action, the iniquities are, are more of the results of the sin, uh, and they can come down uh, through the family line. So you, you may have always felt like this, or, or maybe, maybe you've looked at other Christians and, and thought, how can you be like that? How can you always be happier? How can you not let that get to you? Well, brothers and sisters, you can have that too. God is, God is, a, is a rewarder, an equal rewarder. He's not going to give one thing to somebody and not another. Now, we have to qualify for that. You know, the, um, he doesn't waste gifts or things on us that we're not going to use. You know, that brother or sister that you're, that you're envying, which is a very bad thing to do, uh, they've probably earned what the Lord has given them, earned by being faithful. We need to make sure that we're faithful in the things that the Lord wants us to do. And so when the Word tells us to do this or not do this, those are the things that we need to heed, because if not, we do pay a price, and that price is that we don't have God's blessings in our lives because of our disobedience. Um, Jesus was explaining to his disciples uh, about his death when he concluded in John 12, uh, 27. I, I love this because uh, Jesus is here. He's going to give a negative confession. Uh, and, you know, Kenneth Copeland, you know, you can't, the Christian's not supposed to give a negative confession because, you know, uh, you destroy your testimony by those words. Well, yeah, but what if, it, what if it's true? So should you lie to not tell the truth? I think Mr. Copeland uh, has uh, an error or an issue here uh, because Jesus said, my soul is troubled. And what shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? For this, came, for this cause came I. Jesus' soul was troubled. He was hurting. Remember, he was the Son of Man. He wasn't, just, he wasn't just the Son of God. He wasn't just God. He was the Son of Man. He was a human being fulfilling the Levitical sacrifice, enduring, going through all those things. When he was on the cross, the Scripture tells us his visage, his face, you couldn't recognize it. If you didn't know it was Jesus on the cross, you wouldn't even know it was him. And his soul 
was troubled because he knew what was going to go before him. And it's okay because all that stuff gets us to rely on the Father through the Son because the whole mission, for the most part, of Jesus was to glorify the Father. And the Father always glorified the Son, and those two, just like a, like a wagon wheel, uh, just blessed each other, which, which was rightfully so. Uh, Jesus is commenting on the horrors and atrocities uh, I mentioned earlier about uh, that are going to come in Luke 21:19. So it says, in, in your patience, in your, in your sustaining perseverance and steadfastness, possess, own your own soul. So again, you can make a choice to do this. The soul is so important in our lives. It's as important as us eating food for our physical bodies and reading or partaking in the Word of God for our spiritual life. Our souls cannot have a Band-Aid put on them. We, you know, when we break an arm, we can, you know, go to the doctor or the hospital and, and get it set and, and get it taken care of. But when your soul's broken, what do you do? When your soul is broken, brothers and sisters, what are you going to do? Go, go, go to the uh, uh, Wellbutrins or Zoloft? They Do they help? Sure they do. And there's a reason why they, they work. But what's going to happen as time goes on and time gets shorter in some, in, uh, you know, for us uh, as the Lord's uh, uh, coming back is imminent and you, we can't get this anymore. Then what are we going to do? Why don't we start exercising our faith now? Don't go off the medication. Just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, if this is true, if you can restore my soul, then my feelings, my emotions, my, you know, the, the way I think about things, I, I don't have to think down and out all the time. You know, I, I don't have to be an Eeyore. You know, I don't have to be the last one anymore. I don't have to be the one that everybody laughs at. I don't have to be what they call the ugly redheaded stepchild. Because God loves us all. And if we'll do what his word tells us to do, he'll bless us with those things, just like he'll bless everybody else. And not one of us is any more important uh, than anybody else. Uh, here's another verse uh, over in, um, um, well, I'll tell you what, over in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, which I opened up this uh, the show with tonight. Um, Paul is praying for the, very, for, the God, for the very God of peace, to sanctify us wholly. That's 100%. And he prayed that God uh, would do this for our whole spirit, our whole soul, and our whole body so that it would be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our souls are the, are the, uh, the engines, so to speak, the, um, uh, the motherboard, whatever, that the controller that really gets our sin to flesh many our our flesh to sin and that's why it's it's got to be taken care of uh, according to the word of god uh proverbs 14:25 uh a true witness a stable witness it says in the hebrew uh delivers it means rescues or snatches away souls and that's proverbs 14:25 a true witness a stable believer. If our souls are not restored, you cannot be a stable believer. You can desire to be one. You can hope that you'll be one one day. But the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And if our souls are not stable, 
if our lives are not stable as Christians, if we run from church to church, doctrine to doctrine, uh, belief to belief, if if we if if something blows past from you know from the church down the street and we we cleave to that and then the next week it's going in a different direction and we cleave to that, we are an unstable believer. Now we're still a believer, but we're unstable. And just like children, you know, if at the age of nine, if your son or daughter were to come to you and say, "May I have the keys to the car?" Well, of course not. Why? Well, because they're not stable enough to do that. God cannot pour out his power into our lives. It's not really having to do with a dirty vessel, because we're all filthy vessels. It has to do with our obedience. It is required in the Word of God. Do you know you're not required to go to church? Now, you need to go to church, because that's the venue, that's that's the thing uh, that the Lord uses today to talk to us as Gentiles the Jews are actually supposed to be uh, in the church. But they didn't want it, so it it opened up to the Gentiles. And now we sit here enjoying the things that our Jewish brethren should have. And God is using that in this day and age to talk to us. Uh, Can he talk to us at home? Yes, he can. But don't think you can stay at home and get at home what the Lord is doing in the church. Go to church. Get involved in your church. You say, well, it's got so much bad in it. Then find out what's good and get involved in that so the Lord can bless you. you t- we take ourselves out of fellowship. We take ourselves out of communion. We take ourselves uh, you know, out of, uh, of doing what the Lord's asked us to do because we have problems. Well, our problem is us. Now, many times there are demons behind that. But we need to get them out, and we need to ask the Lord to restore our soul. Brethren, this is so easy. We make the Word of God so hard. You know, you, you, got, you got all the Old Testament names for God. Aren't they cool? I mean, wow. You know, when the Lord was speaking to his people, you know, he would use a certain part of his name to show them that, that, he, that he was working specifically, you know, in one area. And I think that's awesome. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be in the church. That, that's a personal thing now uh, for those that, that, you know, want to do that. And if, if you feel you can honor God by doing that, that's fine. Just don't make it for everybody else. Because we're required to be faithful. That's it. That's all the Lord wants us to be, is faithful. And if we'll exercise that gift, that measure of faith that he gave us at our salvation, the Lord will move heavens and the earth to help us grow in him. But when we get into our own doctrines and we do that, again, we can blame the demons. But it's because we've neglected the word of God. We've not, you know, and, and when we get stand before God, we're not going to be able to say, well, you know, my, my pastor never taught this. Because Jesus is going to say, well, why didn't you read it for yourself? We'll stand before God blameless. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just have to, you know, and, but thank God that uh, our sins were taken care of uh, at Calvary. Okay, a true witness, a stable witness, delivers. It means to rescue or snatch away souls. Uh, and uh, we know in uh, verse 22 uh, of Luke 11, it says, When a strong man armed, uh, he keeps his palace, his goods are in peace. But when one that is stronger than him shall come uh, come upon him and overcome him, he takes 
he looses from him all of his armor where he trusted, and he divides, it means to take away or to snatch away, his spoils. Do you know what the devil's spoils are? Our souls. That's why the churches are having so many problems today, and we're all fragmented. And, and, and you know, brothers and sisters, don't, don't you ever think, you know, well, music. You know, some people say it's godly, and some people say it isn't. And, you know, certain things in the church. Some people say it's good, and some people say it's bad. And I'm talking about good people, people that we would trust as Christians. But, you know, God's not giving out two different answers. There's one answer, and because our souls are not restored, we're not seen correctly as we need to through the Lord's eyes, and we make bad judgments off of that. So just a little bit longer, because I'm sure we're going to, I think we're going to open it up for questions if uh, if the uh, phone lines permit. Uh, but Shannon, if the phone lines don't permit, uh, man, I got pages uh, of references uh, on the soul. It's just that important. So uh, I'm ready for whatever works. But uh, going on, um, soul ties. Soul ties are things that we hook up with people um, that you know we make friends with. Um, you know, there are just certain people that come into our lives uh, that either bring good or bring bad. You know, David uh, had a soul tie uh, with Jonathan, and uh, he loved Jonathan uh, um, more more than a woman. He had he had an, uh, a non-sexual intimate relationship. Now, you ladies know what the word intimate is. Now, we fellows don't. Um, we have to look that up every once in a while. But Jonathan and David had a relationship that was so pure, so clean, so wonderful, and that's because their souls uh, were knit together. I'm going to get you that verse here. Um, it's, uh, let's see, it's First uh, Samuel 18, verse 1. I was going to go into the bad soul ties, but uh, let me talk um, just in case we, uh, well, now I'm going to have to get into both of these here because you can't give one without the other. Uh, Psalm 18, verse 1, it came to pass uh, that um, when he'd made an end of speaking on the soul, on the Saul, excuse me, this was David, that the soul of Jonathan was knit, tied or joined together, it says um, in the Hebrew, with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as he loved his own soul. Jonathan was actually a better friend to David than a friend would be. There was, there was something that those two guys had, and, and it was their souls coming together to form a good soul tie. Uh, over in Proverbs 17, 17, it says, A friend loveth at all times, and that word love, it's a, it's a clinging love. Uh, and so um, it says, uh, A friend loveth uh, at all times, and a friend can do that, just just like uh, Jonathan and David did, because their souls were knit together. Um, let's see, we, we would want to have good soul ties with our parents, if we're children, or with, with um, um, for our children to have uh, with us. Now, in the story of Joseph uh, and his brothers, what, what, a, what a dynamite uh, piece of, of scripture we have um, so so much 
for us to pattern our lives off of uh, with the story of Joseph and his brothers. Uh, but uh, Judah uh, is trying to explain to his father um, the harm that, I'm sorry, Judah is trying to explain uh, to Joseph the harm uh, that's going to come to their father uh, if Benjamin doesn't return unto them. Actually, it was Judah talking to, oh, I forget who it was. It wasn't, it wasn't Joseph. He's trying to explain to him, and uh, in, in Genesis 44.30, he, sa- he says, Now therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, and um, Benjamin's not with us, seeing that his life is bound up, that, jo- that um, Jacob's life, excuse me, was bound up, um, Let me get this out all at one time. It is Joseph that uh, this is being explained to. He says, now, therefore, when I come to my father, and Benjamin's not with us, because Joseph was, was second in command in, in Egypt at the time, he said, seeing that this, this boy's life is bound up with my father, it means to cling or adhere to, uh, it, it's, cl- it's clean to the lad's life. And thy servant um, became a surety for the lad. He, I, he told his father, he says, I, you know, you need to let me bring Benjamin uh, because Joseph wants to, or this man wants to see him, and we, we need this man's help. And, you know, for those, for those that know the story, but the father had a close godly soul tie with Benjamin. And, by the way, when those brothers came back without Benjamin, you know how they lied to their father? They lied in silence. When, when, when Jacob asked what happened to Benjamin, all they did was they had the coat of many colors. They had a bunch of blood on it. And um, Jacob had to um, deduce without any help from his rotten uh, sons uh, that an animal must have killed his son. And they sat there and let their father grieve in silence. They lied by not saying anything. But the Lord fixed all that, and look, look at what we had at the end of that story. Joseph said, yeah, you meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. Oh, brothers and sisters, if we could ever think of things like that. Wow, what a relationship he had with the Lord, in spite of all, in spite of all the shortcomings uh, that he had. So Jacob and um, uh, Benjamin had a godly soul tie uh, together. Uh, let's look at... Um, Let's see, uh, Proverbs 18.24, talking about friendships again. Uh, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. Wow. Huh. What, a, what a neat idea. I wonder where that comes from. Oh, it must be the Word of God. Uh, a man that wants to have friends has got to show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticks, and that word stick is the same word in the Hebrew, it, to cleave to, closer than a brother. We can have a godly soul tie with friends that would be a better relationship than we might have uh, with, with uh, a sibling in our lives. Uh, let me get a couple more good soul ties here. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, there's one over in Ephesians. Well, here, let's talk about soul ties in marriage. Boy, I'll tell you what. Would that not be important, 62% uh, divorce rate in the church, uh, I'm pretty sure? Um, over in uh, Genesis 2.24, um, and this is repeated uh, in the New Testament uh, for a very valid reason, uh, but in Genesis 2.24, it says, Therefore shall a man leave 
his father and his mother, and shall cleave, it means to be joined or, or to cling together or to attach, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. They, through the, through the consummation of the marriage, um, through a miracle that the Lord does, uh, he brings the two separate pieces of flesh together, and he makes them one. And he does this with the soul also, uh, because it then cleaves to the wife uh, or joins itself to it. So we can have good soul ties with our wives or vice versa. Our wives can have with us. And that's something we obviously have to work at a lot, uh, you know, considering all the attacks that are coming against marriage, but it can be done. Now, uh, over uh, in Ephesians 5.28, uh, I, I look at this next set of verses uh, as soul ties that we can have with our churches. And remember, it's not what goes in that defiles a man. It's what comes out. And literally, before we get out of the starting blocks, we, you know, I know the Baptists are wound kind of tightly, and uh, I know that uh, they're an error of, of uh, you know, they're wound so tightly that, that you know, the uh, fundamentals of the Scripture are, you know, almost trip them up, and, and there are a lot of good people that are Baptists. And when we get into a mindset that uh, because somebody is something, so they must all be bad, puts us in a position of judging one another. And that opens up a whole other door of demonic into our lives. And so, you know, every issue, brothers and sisters, every issue that comes into our lives has got to be judged separately and not together unless... Those issues come together. Every issue on its own merits, uh, as I always say. So in the church over in Ephesians 5.28, uh, Paul's talking about the relationship, again, with, with husbands and wives, which, of course, uh, is our relationship with the Lord. Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. We're the bride. Our marriages are very important. He uses our, uh, as our relationship to him is in marriage, our marriages are just as important now. And he says, men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no man uh, ever yet hates his own flesh. You may not like the way you look, but talking about where you, know, where you just want to cut off an arm. But you nourish it. You cherish it, uh, even as the Lord does the church. Verse 30, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone. And for this cause... Here we go. Same thing out of Genesis 2.24 over in Ephesians 5.31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall be joined, glued, or cleaved together unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. What? Know ye not that he which is joined, glued, or cleaved to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Did you catch that? See, this, coming out of Genesis 34, tells us why we, you know, it, it shows us that in the fragmentation of our souls, if we have an illicit sexual relationship, see, we're not two flesh anymore, husband and wife. We're now three flesh, or four flesh, or five flesh. And we've got, 
in our lives right now, I would venture to say, for those that are not familiar with this teaching, I would venture to say that you have parts of other people's soul inside of you that is preventing you from being yourself. You, we hide behind feelings. We hide, you know, I, I, when I talk to people here at the church uh, many times in, in the uh, uh, invitation, I'll say, listen, you know, this is a, this is a smorgasbord here at the church. This, the Lord spreads the table full for all to come and feast from. I said, bring us. I'll tell bring us all your problems. Just don't cause any more uh, once you get here. And um, I, I mentioned that, you know, we're all, we're all fellowshipping. You know, we're all a bunch of fellows, and that includes you ladies, uh, in a ship, and not one of us uh, is any better uh, than anybody else. And because of that, this is a come-as-you-are party. We need to let people be who they are. Now, that doesn't mean that, that we turn our head on sin or we don't speak up, or not speak up, that we don't defend God because the Lord wants us to defend him. He, he you know, when somebody's attacking us as believers, you know, does it really matter, brothers and sisters? Are we, are we that thin-skinned that when somebody says something negative about us, that we, you know, oh, we, we get all upset and oh, how dare that person and, you know, I always hated that person and, and, you know, and we cut them off and, you know, don't bother taking into consideration, you know, what might be going on in their life. You know, they, they said something negative about us. Well, you know, the Word of God tells us that beware when men speak well of you, when all men speak well of you. See, we, we would want everybody to speak well of us, but if we do, the Word of God tells us we're in big trouble. You know, I, I, once again, I have a saying that I don't care what the devil says about me as long as it's not true. Because he's going to say whatever he's going to say. Your friends don't need an explanation, and your enemies won't believe you anyway. And I don't care what the devil shoots at me as long as I don't give him the ammunition. Now, I do care. But what I'm saying is that, listen, people are going to say what they're going to say. There's always going to be that, you know, there's a Gomer pile. Now, for those of you that are too young, uh, I don't know if you know who Gomer pile is, uh, but there's a Gomer pile in every platoon, okay? Jesus had one in 12. It was Judas. So just know that in the church, in the fellowship, there's always going to be these types of people around. But these types of people are what the Lord uses to fine-tune us. You know, we, 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 we find people who bring tribulation into our lives uh, because, they, because they're fragmented, they're not complete, you know, they, they, you know, there's no church that's teaching them, you know, where they can get help or how they can, you know, apply these things in their own life, and they just continue to spiral down. Uh, and, you know, they, they, you know we, we then start talking bad about them, and we start judging them and... and you know, because for somebody to be like that, they've got to be like, you know, maybe a witch or, you know, I mean, they've got to be, you know, an, an evil person. Well, maybe they're just an ignorant person. And we make all these judgments against people. And I believe it's over in uh, Romans Romans 5, it might be, where, where Paul says, he says, we glory in God. And then I have to turn my page on my Bible, and we glory in tribulations. I'm thinking, well, that's a misprint. Because, I, you know, who glories in tribulation? 
But you see, God uses these things. Iron sharpens iron, and so the continents of a man. And he uses the barnacles that are on other people to smooth us out. And we need to allow this. We need to let people be who they are. We need to let people be in their mind, will, and emotions who they are, because if we expect them to be like us, you know, good golly, or if we expect them to be something that they're not, we're putting a burden on them that they can't fulfill. So get to know people. Accept them for their differences. Let, let, let them round out your life a little bit. You'll be a much better Christian for it. And then help them with the scriptures. You know, uh, again, over in Galatians, it says, those that are spiritual, those that think they're Christians, let them help out those that don't know as much. Step up to the plate, not condemning, you know, not, not, not belittling, not, not getting sides together so that, you know, you can show that, that your doctrine's better than somebody else's doctrine. You know, eternal security, I don't lose a wink of sleep over people who believe you can lose your salvation. It doesn't bother me. I, I, you know, I, I actually don't think about it because that is somebody else, not me. What I believe in, I believe in. And I can prove in the Scripture these things, and if people want to believe something different, it doesn't bother me. So I'm not going to go about talking about you. That would be wrong of me to do that. Go and do thou likewise. Our souls are fragmented, brothers and sisters. This is why we backbite and we, and we gossip and we slander and bicker and, and do all these things, because we're not complete. We need to get deliverance, and uh, in the next few minutes here, because uh, we're going to have a break, let's real quick. Um, well, I'll tell you, you know, again, now that's whole times with people in the church in Ephesians 4.16, uh, 4.15, excuse me, uh, you know, we're going to have to do this after the hour or, or next week. We can open it up for, uh, for calls. I, I can do this again next week, and I have, I just, I have a lot of information here. Um, but we can have good soul ties, uh, not only with believers, but with churches. Um, over in Ephesians 4.15, it says that we speak the truth in love. That's important, in love. So that we can grow up into him, into Christ, in all things which is the head, even Jesus Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto itself or unto edifying of itself in love. Why? Because of the good godly soul ties that we have. The body, the church body, needs to be fitly joined together. If you don't believe in a doctrine, I'm good golly. I mean, you know, people are so thin-skinned. They, they, you know, when somebody has a different doctrine, you know, oh, well, you know, when I'm talking about doctrine, I'm talking about, you know, is it a pre-trib rapture? Is it, you know, is it, is it post-trib? You know, do you believe in speaking in tongues? Do you not? I'm not talking about the deity of Christ. You know, you know those things we need to stand up for. So those are soul ties with the church. Here, here's another one with the church, Colossians 2.1. Uh, Paul says, I, I wish you would know the great conflict that I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many that, that haven't even seen my face in the flesh. He says, my heart even hurts for them. He says, I want their hearts to be comforted 
being knit together in love, to have good, godly soul ties in the church. Can we not do that? Can we not at least try to do that? It's amazing that Jesus can get anything done today with all the divisions that we have. You know, doctrine that is bad has to be corrected. But, you know, some of these other things, you know, we just, uh, you know, don't, don't we have enough going on in our own lives than to stick our two cents into other people's lives? Um, let's see. Um, it is 9 o'clock, and all is well. Let's, um, we'll Pastor Michael? Break. Yes, sir. Uh, how's my connection coming through? Hey, you're coming through loud and clear for me. Praise the Lord. We're at the top of the hour, folks. Uh, we're going to take about a five-minute break, and uh, then we'll come back uh, for the final portion of the show tonight. Before we do, um, Pastor Michael, give out contact information, please, on HBC, and tell people how they can order some great deliverance material. Yeah. You know, Shannon, we also, I forgot to do one other thing at the beginning, uh, and that was pray. So right after the top of the hour, so we don't cut into this, uh, we'll go ahead and, and uh, uh, do some general prayers uh, before we continue with the teaching. But um, because of many blessings that the Lord has brought into my life through people like Shannon and some of the guys here at Hagwish, uh, our website is now up and running, uh, taking credit cards. Um, things have just really turned around for WRW. Uh, thank you very much for your prayers uh, in that. Um, it's just something that the Lord, the Lord rescued. Um, and you can get hold of us, uh, any of Pastor Worley's materials, uh, books, booklets. Uh, we have uh, CDs, audios, uh, cassettes, VHS, whatever format you need it in. Uh, we have all of his material, and you can find that at wrwpublications, all one word, dot com. Uh, the church is HBC Delivers, all one word, like the pizza, HBC Delivers, uh, dot org. Uh, for those that want to check out the different teachings, speakers, or Pastor Worley, uh, we've been allotted more time now, so <clears throat> some of our uh, videos on uh, YouTube have been expanded. Uh, some of them, they just uh, they will only give us so much time. Um, I don't know really how that all works out, but uh, YouTube.com. Dot, 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 um, dot com, uh, I think, forward slash, um, uh, Hegwish, Hegwish Baptist Church, or or maybe just Hegwish, yeah, Hegwish. Um, all one word there after the backslash, and that'll take you to the uh, Hegwish Baptist Church YouTube page, uh, where there is a plethora of uh, video material that you can sit and watch for hours, uh, and we're loading it up. We are just going to continue to load up the YouTube sites. Uh, I've got I've got I've got a box that went out today of materials going to China. I've got a gentleman that was here uh, the last couple of weeks that uh, is going to get me in touch uh, with somebody who teaches uh, in the Philippines and does action, does radio. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, good, glorious things ahead. Uh, deliverance is going to cover the earth, and the Lord's going to use it in these end times. Uh, check out the material. If you can't afford it, I understand. Now, if you can afford a meal, you can afford a book, or a booklet, but if you can't afford something, drop me a line, tell me that you can't, and unless the Lord tells me different, I'll send it to you. I won't send you the store, but I'll send you what you need uh, uh, to get going. But remember, if you can afford a meal or a movie, 
you can afford to buy a book. Love y'all, and I'll see you in just uh, just a few minutes. Praise God. To talk with Omega Man, dial area code 917-889-2745 and press option 1 on your phone. To listen live to Omega Man Radio from your cell phone, dial 917-889-2745. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Omega Man Radio. All right, and we're back. Welcome back to Omega Man Radio Network. We've got Pastor Michael Thier of Higwish Baptist Church on tonight, every Friday night, so make sure you spread the word. Why don't we open up the phone lines and take a couple calls here. If you need prayer, you need deliverance, uh, you'd like to ask a question on deliverance. The phone lines are open. Let me get to Pastor Michael back on. Pastor Michael, are you back with me? I'm here with you, Shannon. Praise the Lord. Let's go to area code 330. Stand by. 330. You're on there with Pastor Michael. There you go. Oh, hi. Um, um, uh, Pastor Michael, this is uh, actually my third straight night of calling in. Um, I got quite a quite a battle going on here in Ohio, um, and I've just been in coughing fits, and the last two nights I've just had uh, just wild experiences with the show. But as you've been talking, and I really appreciate your message, um, a couple of things have hit me, and they may just be questions, um, but I'll leave it to you and Shannon about where else I may need to go with it. Um, got saved at 40, um, and before that was uh, a counselor and a secular humanist and things like that. And one thing that, that I was involved with was the whole tolerance movement in colleges and universities, and in particular... Um, was involved with gay, lesbian, bisexual issues, and that's a big part of the tolerance movement in education. And uh, though I've never had any experience with it, when you said that that was one of the things that you needed to get delivered from because of music that you heard, um, I, I just uh, that just immediately clicked in my mind as as something that that, that could be an issue with me also, just because of my background. Um, the, the two other questions that I have for you um, involve, uh, I've got a Facebook account. I, I don't know um, um, with uh, social media and things like that whether the, those serve as potentials for um, creating unhealthy soul ties because I know that's really um, sweeping, sure. the, uh, sweeping the, the, the country and the world really. Um, and then third, um, you know, for the last two years, I've really been battling um, um, uh, lethargy. I've, I've, I've really, really had problems working, um, and that's since I've been saved. <clears throat> and I just uh, add that as a... What's your first a, name, brother? Um, my first name's Steve. Okay, Steve, thank you. Yeah, and so those are my, my three areas of, of questions. Okay. Uh, well, praise the Lord, Steve. I, I appreciate those questions. Each each one is very important and uh, really has two sides uh, to them. Okay. Um, you know, let, let's just address the Facebook thing first. Okay. You know, it, it's like other possessions in our lives. As long as they don't possess us, they're not. They don't necessarily have to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, to be very active on Facebook, you know, to have the types of friends that, you know, that social networking is asking for, uh, I mean, you really have to give up a lot of who you are. Uh, 
And in today's day and age, that, that's not always, you know, a very wise thing. Um, you know, just like uh, you've got the one show on TV where they profile people. Um, I think a lot of that stuff is, is used against us. And I'm not saying nefariously to, uh, you know, to break into our houses, uh, but to market us and uh, to, you know, because it shows our weak links, um, you know, when we open up and say, I like this, I don't like that, or I had an experience here or an experience there. Um, and so I would be discreet. You know, there, there's one thing, and uh, we'll pray uh, before uh, we hang up with you. Okay. Um, there's one thing that uh, all of us should do. Uh, I did this for two or three years, and I'm not saying that I, you know, that I have a lot of wisdom or anything like that, but there was a prayer that I incorporated into my daily uh, prayer life, which asked the Lord to bless me. Uh, now, you can ask the Lord to bless you. You can ask the Lord to loose this into you and mature it in your life. You can ask him to impart it unto you. I, I don't get hung up with words, uh, yeah. you know, as long as they're not wrong. Uh, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, direction, discernment, and discretion, because all those things are just about synonymous, but have they have offshoot? They have you know they go in different directions, like discretion. Uh, you know it would be wisdom you know to speak or not speak in a certain situation, but specifically if you had discretion, that would tell you how to hold or how to fold, when okay. to say something, when not to. Uh, you know, it kind of goes beyond wisdom a little bit. So you can pray for yourself in that, and I'll pray for you just, you know, before we hang up. Okay. Um, and then that will show you how far to go with Facebook uh, or not. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you were counseling, but you weren't involved uh, in uh, in the in alternate lifestyles? Um, no. Uh, it was really um, um, counseling, and, uh, you know, I was, I was as a sexual humanist, and we prayed over that last night. Um, but I was I was supportive, um, and you know I was was a relativist, so you know many ways to God kind of kind of stuff. And, yeah. You know, and so and when I got saved, you know, all of a sudden I couldn't teach the things that I used to teach, which <laughs> yeah. which really really left me in a lurch. And I I mentioned last night that there was a point um, uh, about a well about a year ago, yeah. Where where I just completely gave up my intellect to to the Lord, and I I just said, Lord, you know that's that's always been an idol for me. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've taught some terrible things. I've I've probably led people away from you, and and I just gave it all up. And I told him, you know, God, leave me the, the dumbest person in the world, or <laughs> give me back what you want me to use. And, there you go, Steve. Now that that that's a good thing to pray. Sure. Yeah, and and all of a sudden, over two weeks, um, all of a sudden, I would hear sermons, and I say, "Wait a second, you mean I can use that? Um, wow, you mean I can use that too?" And it was just amazing how the you know Lord... when we got saved, the Lord didn't suck our brains out of our heads. He, you know, He yeah. left us with all those things, and you know, I was a drug dealer, and I I ruined a lot of people's lives, but that was before salvation. That was you know, that's what people did, you know, anybody who doesn't know the Lord. Yeah. Um, so what you, you know, you could have had transference of spirits there. Uh, but also, we always have to keep in mind that the Lord looks at the inward 
and we look at the outward. Mm -hmm. Um, See, with me with the music, it's because I was making agreements with it. I wanted to be their friend, Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I verily, verily, you know, I I had my reward. You, on the other hand, were doing a job, and I'm not saying that there wasn't anything that transferred, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was a pile-on type of situation. Okay. Uh, and remember that when we're, when, we're, when we're lost, we're not only under the wrath of God, but we're possessed. Now, not in, as the movie, The Exorcist, but when you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there, there's no gray area here. You, know, you are under the wrath of God. You are lost. Uh, in your sins, uh, you know, without in the world with no hope, and the devil owns you. Your father mm-hmm. is the devil. So, you know, that was what it was. Uh, and at your salvation, you know, when I got saved, there were uh, when I witnessed to some of my drug buddies, uh, some of them got saved, and, and they quit doing drugs, but they had problems in other areas that they had to work out. Me, I was just the opposite. Uh, you know, other things were changing for me, but I, I had a problem, you know, with the drugs. And so the, the Lord at our salvation sovereignly delivers us, I believe, at whatever he wants to, to you know, to give us a start. Mm-hmm. Um, so, whatever you know, whatever was in your past, uh, the Lord probably took care of a lot of that. Yeah. But if you're bothered by some of it, remember, the Lord doesn't, the Lord doesn't put guilt, shame, and condemnation on yeah. us. That's the devil. He convicts us, and his conviction is clean. That's how you can. That's how you can know it's the Lord, because the conviction that you have is, isn't beating you up. Okay. Uh, you can feel. You can be remorseful for your sins, but you don't have to beat yourself up anymore, because you know the Lord took care of that. So, uh, yeah. you know, just pray and ask the Lord, and we'll do that. You know, before we go, and and uh, I'm sure the Lord will show you. Now, the last thing, though, is something that you probably do need prayer for. You know, lethargy is just something that the Lord didn't give us. And, you know, passivity, however it manifests in our lives, uh, can come through many, many different ways, directions. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you've not read War on the Saints uh, by Jesse Penn Lewis, Evan Roberts, the story of Evan Roberts and the Welsh Revival, um, it's, it's one of the most phenomenal books written on exposing the workings of demons in the life of the believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get the pancake version, the thin one. You, you need to get the unabridged edition, and that will that will speak volumes to you about passivity, or you know that's where lethargy and laziness, slackness, slumberness. But yeah. those are all demons. Somehow, okay. some way, you know, the devil got you know one up on you, uh, yeah. and you know you can get delivered of those things. Okay. What was uh, what was that book again, Michael? I'm I'm sorry. It's called War on the Saints. War on the Saints. Okay. You, you can get it through WRW. Um, okay. I think I think the the um, publisher who uh, keeps it in print uh, we're, we're the largest distributor. Um, I believe last time I talked to him of it. It's a hard to find book because um, it's so important for the body of Christ. Pastor Worley read War on the Saints nine times when he was a Southern when he was when he was in his country churches down in Texas. Okay. The Lord was preparing him uh, for the deliverance ministry, and there's, there's, not a, there's not a Southern Baptist out there that'll touch War on the Saints. And so the Lord put it into his hands, and he fell in love with it, and, and that's what the Lord used to prepare him for the ministry. 
Wow. But uh, let's go ahead and take a few minutes here and pray. And, okay. and Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, your word tells us to be instant in prayer, and and so we don't want to put this off. And and uh, Brother Steve's been uh, interested, Lord, and in, in wanting to uh, get help in his life, opening himself up, and Lord, even giving him uh, uh, his intellect, Lord, uh, so that you can give back to him what he needs. And Lord, we ask that you would bless him in his faithfulness. But where the devil's got one up on him, Father, we bind a strong man, we bind every demonic spirit, every evil entity that would be working in this brother right now in Jesus Christ's name. Father, wherever Satan has one up on him, wherever the devil is having the preeminence in his life or the demons are, Father, we rebuke them right now in Jesus Christ's name. Father, we ask that you would put the hooks in their jaws just start drawing them out, Father. Uh, every spirit of lethargy, every spirit of of laziness, slackness, slumberness, uh, and everything that, that goes with those things, Father. Uh, uh, every spirit of um, uh, every, uh, Father, the world has a term phlegmatic. Uh, every spirit of phlegm, uh, Lord, that, that would just uh, make Steve creep along, Father. Uh, we, we break the curses, vexes, hexes, spells, jinxes, psychic prayers, psychic thoughts, bewitchments, enchantments, spells, potions, beauties, incantations from off of him right now in Jesus Christ's name. Father, all the things, Father, if they weren't transferred sins or transferred iniquities, the learned iniquities, just from being involved in the things that he was involved with, we break their hold from off of peace, from off of his mind, from off of his will, from off of his emotions. You get out of his soul area right now in Jesus Christ's name. You loose this brother and you let him go right now in Jesus Christ's name. Father, we ask that you send forth the angels of the Lord, Father, as many as it takes, to expedite this deliverance. And instantaneously, Father, upon the demons leaving, uh, we pray that uh, they would go to wherever Jesus tells them to go, uh, in Jesus' name, uh, and just come out of them right now. Every, every spirit of insanity, uh, every every spirit, every mind-binding spirit, uh, Father, every spirit of, uh, of paranoia, uh, Father, all these things that would come in and play off of each other, we rebuke them right now. Uh, we put you on notice. We're after you. We're going to get what we can tonight, and we're going to come back and get the rest, demons, because you've been had. You've got to come out of my brother right now. In Jesus Christ's name, move, move. We don't bring a railing accusation against you, demon. We just tell you the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. Like a battering ram, demon, the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. You loose Steve. Let him go right now in Jesus Christ's name. You loose him and let him go. Every single one of you that's tormenting him, uh, every spirit that tells him he's going to be like this for the rest of his life, that he's never going to change, every spirit of, of hopelessness, every spirit of no hope, to get out of him right now in Jesus Christ's name, move, move, move. Every, every, every spirit of self-hatred, self-condemnation, self-awareness, Get out of them right now, in Jesus Christ's name. Move. All the princes of destruction, Osmodeus, Osmodeus, get out of them right now, in Jesus Christ's name. You are on notice. Father, you have given us a name that is above every name. In the name of Jesus Christ, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And we command these demons for their knees, however many they have, and their tongues um, to, uh, to submit themselves. Father, to the name that is above every name, because I 
come at you in the name, or we come at you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And there is no other name more powerful, better, bigger than that name. You've got to listen. You've got to obey. You've got to submit. And I know how much you love to submit. And you get out of Steve right now in Jesus Christ's name. Every single one of you. Don't hurt him. Don't tear him. Don't hurt his throat. You just get out right now in Jesus' name. Father, we, we pray that these demons can't uh, bring any type of physical harm to Steve as, as, uh, as he's uh, retching these things out. Uh, but, Father, your word says that you made a show of them openly, Father. That's what we're doing now. We make a show of them openly, Father. We thank you, Lord, that clumps of dirt have been given authority over, over these created beings, Father. And at the name of Jesus Christ, Father, they've got to submit, they've got to obey, and they've got to get out of my brother. And, Father, where these demons have left from, we pray for the Holy Spirit to make his abode, make his home in those areas, so that uh, if they try and come back and find, uh, they can't find the house clean and swept, Father, but it'll be occupied by the Spirit of the Lord, Father. And we ask this and thank you for all these things, Father. We also break the ungodly mind ties, soul ties, and sex ties uh, that Steve may have had uh, with anybody that he's counseled with, Father, uh, people that he's tried to help in the past. Uh, Lord, you know that uh, out of our salvation, it's all done in ignorance. Uh, And, Lord, we pray that uh, those things wouldn't be uh, held to uh, Steve's account. Uh, But, Lord, just show him the areas in his life. Uh, Lord, that uh, he needs prayer in uh, and help him to be circumspect in these things, Father. Uh, Lord, help him to not be any more than what he needs to be, but not to shrink back uh, from those things that he needs to be, Father. Bring that freedom into his life so that he can do exploits uh, for you and glorify, Father, our Savior. Uh, And, Father, we ask that Jesus Christ will be glorified in every single one of these things we've prayed for tonight. And, Lord, we also ask and we command the demons in Jesus' name, that over the minutes, hours, days ahead, that Steve will continue to get the deliverance uh, that uh, that he is seeking for, Father. Uh, even when he doesn't uh, hear uh, the name of the Lord or, or uh, somebody's voice, Father, but that you will continue to sovereignly deliver him and then restore unto him, Father, everything that Satan has stolen from him and put it back in its proper place, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, Pastor Michael. Um, and I will, uh, I'll, uh, I'll order that book right away. Um, you'll, you'll love it, brother. I mean, it, uh, it is the cat's meow when it, when it comes to showing how demons work in the life of the believer. I mean, for us, you know, we, we cut our teeth on Pastor Roy's material and War on the Saints. You know, Pastor Michael, the, uh, the copy you'll have is the, uh, the unabridged version, too. It's the uncut one, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, now Anchor Distributors just just translated and put into a um uh an easier uh English, you know, like like the Ken Taylor Living Bible English War on the Saints. And I had a friend read it and he said it was okay because most of those other translations are just bad. They, you know, they they take out, you know, vital parts. So and, and it's not the old English, but uh, it's got a little bit of the these and, and vowels in there, but if you can if you can handle those the unabridged edition is is the thing to get because that, that's the original work. All right. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll order it tonight. So uh, uh, appreciate everything and uh, love you guys. And uh, I'll uh, let some other callers. Uh, have love time. you too, Steve. Hope to see you sometime either here, or there, or in the air. 
All right. Sounds good, Michael. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless you, Steve. To talk with Omega Man, dial area code 917-889-2745 and press option 1 on your phone. Wow, Pastor Michael. Hey. Amen. Praise, praise God. Amen. Who has more fun than us, brother? <laughs> hey, uh, I, I'm having so much fun doing this radio program and having great men of God come on like you tonight and get fed the Word of God. I don't know if there's a better place in the world to be right now. <laughs> well, you know, Shannon, there's also no better blessing than to help out those in need. You know, Amen. that's why, you know, Jesus said, um, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. Go and do thou likewise. So, you know, freely we have received, freely we give. You know, we do the best we can in praying for people and, and you know, just to know that you can be part, just, just a minute part of helping somebody out, you know, to get past this world into a relationship with Christ. You couldn't put enough gold in people in my hand to, you know, to do that. So uh, it's an honor to be on the show tonight also. Amen. And, you know, folks, uh, this brother said that he had called in before. You know, the desperate get delivered. You call in as many times as you need. That's what we're here for. And um, if, of course, if you are looking for a church where you can go and get hands-on deliverance, I don't know any better place to send you than Hagowitz Church. Uh, tell people about your location and the uh, schedule of services out there, Pastor Michael. Yeah, we're in a very, uh, we're kind of centralized in the country. Uh, we're in northwest Indiana, about an hour south of uh, O'Hare Airport. Uh, Pastor Worley always felt that uh, the Lord uh, brought this church uh, to us, so to speak, uh, because it, it was central and, and easy to get to. Uh, we're an in-town church, which makes it real nice. Uh, you know, we're we're in a nice little neighborhood. We're not on a main drag, and so, you know, we're kind of off to the side, and, you know, we, we mind our own business. Um, we, we put on uh, four workshops a year, three for families uh, and one for men. Uh, the ones for the families are, are uh, in April. In fact, it's going to be April 14th uh, through April 17th this year, uh, and Ma Pond, the kiddies can come. And what we do is we we teach deliverance. We do deliverance. Uh, you know, a lot of people teach spiritual warfare, but they don't do deliverance. And that that's kind of like a shirt without a pocket or a woman without a purse. You know, it, it just it doesn't work. Uh, you need, we need to teach it and then demonstrate it and do it. So we do that uh, uh, in our services uh, in, a, in the April workshop. Uh, then uh, I don't have all the dates in front of me right now, but... Uh, we also have a July workshop. We have an October workshop. Uh, and then, again, uh, the men get together in, in the uh, coldest part of January uh, with intimate fellowship uh, for, their, for the men's conference. It's always a great time. Um, you know, it's the Lord, he just seems to outdo himself if, if there is such a thing uh, in every conference. Uh, we don't, we don't uh, I don't push for topics. I just ask the brothers that the uh, Lord puts on my heart to come up with a message, and everything just is like a hand that goes inside the glove. Uh, you'll really enjoy it, um, you know, because you'll not only hear it, you'll see it. Uh, you can, you know, revel in it, jump in it. 
Um, you know, we put a Bible in one hand, a leg in the other, uh, and you can go and, and you, you can, you know, if you've never done the type of deliverance that we do, you know, sometimes these things manifest big time. And, yes. and you know, it takes, takes six, seven guys, you know, to hold the person down. Brothers and sisters, that's not a lack of faith. That's a big demon. Amen. And I've a lot of us <laughs> have those big demons. And that's yes. why a lot of people don't wrestle because they like to wear suits and ties and they don't want to sweat. And you know something? I don't either. But I would have never gotten free had the brothers here in the church not prayed for me the way they did. So that's that. You know, you don't have to, but I have to. And we go for the sharks. We go for the rhinoceroses. You know, those those branch water bluegills, you know, they're not really bothering you that much. You you want to get those, you know, forget forget the spider web. You want to get the spider. And sometimes you got to dig deep for that. But, uh, yeah, check us out. Um, go to our website, hbcdelivers.org. There's a lot of Pastor Willie's information out there, the booklets. Uh, some of them are almost probably complete booklets are, are out on the website, uh, in addition to a lot of other stuff that pertains to the ministry. And, of course, WRW Publications is the house that uh, that produces uh, Pastor Willie's material. And uh, I've got somebody right now. Uh, those big books are going to be back in print, I would estimate, in the next month, six weeks, maybe two months at the at the most. I've got somebody formatting them now, helping me out. Uh, I mean, we're, we're moving forward. Uh, it's just, it's a good day. The Lord is, you know, we've seen the devil kicking butt for a long time, and the Lord's starting to show himself. And it's Praise exciting. God, yeah. Yeah, amen, brother. It's exciting, and, you know, I'm not a rah-rah boy, but I'll tell you what, it'd be nice to see the Lord step forward and say, you know something, not yet, and just just move everything back. Because the devil, and you know, the devil, listen, brothers and sisters, he doesn't just want you dead. He wants you to hurt on the way to your death. He wants you to be in the hospital, not the physical hospital, the mental institution. He wants to ruin your children, their lives, everything about them. He wants you to suffer on your way to death because this is the only way that he can pay God back for not offering grace in the garden. Man and woman got grace, the devil got judged, and he knows that his time is short and there's nothing he can do about it. This is the only way he can, he can slap God in the face is to hurt God's children. Stand up for yourself. Talk back to the devil. Ephesians 3.10 tells us that it is the, it is the re- responsibility of the church to let the principalities and powers in heavenly places know the manifold wisdom of God. We're to let the devil know who we are. We're to let him know that we're not going to take it anymore. Yeah, he's going to win sometimes. And he and listen, he's got he doesn't have teeth, but he can gum still pretty good. And and, <laughs> yeah. and you know he does he does a good job at what he does. You know, in all the evil that he does, but we can stand up to him. And if we can stop him. Before he gets, see, by the time the problems come into our lives, the devil's already done that. He's already moved into another area. We need to stop him before. And again, that's what, that was the importance of the message tonight, because our souls are so fragmented because of sexual relationships, because of anger, um, you know, in Proverbs 22, because of words that, that well-meaning but deceived People have said to us about things, Acts 15. Uh, we, we're just fragmented all over the place, 
And it's no wonder that the church is dead. You know, it's no wonder that we're the laughing stock. There's no power. The only power, you know, is in the voice of the choir. And I guarantee you, the devil loves the choir. Amen. Love the choir. You know, uh, Pastor Mike, um, there are a lot of people out there tuning in right now just enjoyed this word tonight. And they say, yeah, I I have to say uh, I've done some of those things. I've had a lot of um, sex outside of marriage. Maybe I committed adultery. We all have, Brother Shannon. Amen. Nothing to be embarrassed about. Let's just own it. And, you know, I, I've repented, but uh, I believe I still have some soul ties. Uh, how could a person cut the ties tonight and get set free? And then second part of that question is, can the angels of God be uh, used to recover fragmented soul pieces? What's your response on those? Absolutely, Shannon, and I appreciate you bringing that up because um, those were a few things that, that I hadn't had a chance to get to, uh, and I wanted to make sure to do that. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make this uh, real quick um, because, again, you know, telling everybody about the problem but not telling them the answer uh, isn't going to really do us uh, much good. But um, first off, you know, as I mentioned, talk back to the devil. Let them know who you are. Nobody is, there isn't a Christian that has talked to the devil in 2000. Probably the last Christian to talk to the devil was Jesus Christ. And rebuke them. Let them know that you're alive. Now, he'll fight you for it, but, you know, listen, if you go down, at least you'll go down swinging. And, you know, let them, let them know that, that you're not going to be a pushover. Now, don't be militant with them. Just take the word of God. And how easy is it to restore a soul, brothers and sisters? You know, you don't have to come to the Hegwish Baptist Church or, or other, other, you know, John Gogan, James Mulberry, uh, you know, Monty Mulkey's out there in California. Um, you know, a lot of us know how to do deliverance. But we'd love for everybody to do it. In fact, that's, that's what we're trying to do, is to, is to get it into all the churches. And how do you restore a soul? Very easy. Father, in Jesus' name. In fact, brothers and sisters, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we ask that, that where we are right now, Father, in whatever parts of our lives are yielded unto you, where you can work in our lives freely to restore our souls, Father, your, your word says in Psalm 7, uh, Psalm 22, that you restore uh, our souls. And, Lord, your word wouldn't tell us that you restore souls if our souls didn't need to be restored. So we ask, Father, that you would restore every part of our fragmented mind, will, or emotion in Jesus' name. And, Father, because we've given over our soul in alcohol, why, Lord, I guess that's why they call it spirits. And, uh, Lord, in, in the words that we use and, and all these other things, Father, our souls many times uh, have been uh, captured, Father, uh, being held captive uh, by Satan himself. Or, Lord, there are voodoo doctors and, and traditional medicine people who, who dabble uh, in this type of darkness, Father, in this occult uh, a cult type of, uh, of witchcraft, Father, uh, that capture people's souls. And so, Lord, we ask that you would send forth your angels in Jesus' name. Father, we don't pray to angels, uh, Lord, but we do ask you in Jesus' name that you would send forth your angels to go to any place, Father, on this earth where our soul, Father, maybe there was a psychic reading done in our lives 
that that uh, something was was uh, insinuated or or brought up uh, that would have captured a part of our soul. Lord, maybe we agreed with a fortune cookie. We thought it was silly, uh, but because there was an agreement there, Romans six sixteen came into being, uh, and somebody in the occult, somebody in in the darker side of witchcraft, the 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 the, the more um, the darker side, Father, uh, uh, has captured our soul. Uh, Lord, we know that that's been done in Haiti, and and it's been confirmed uh, in many countries, Father, that that uh, I've been to, uh, that uh, traditional medicine. Uh, people, Father, will uh, will capture parts of people's souls. So we ask, Father, that you'd break any earthen vessel, uh, retrieve, Father, uh, through our obedience right now uh, that we have, Father, any part of our fragmented mind, will, or emotion that was given over, Father, to a person, place, or thing. And, Lord, we ask that you would restore it back properly uh, where it belongs in our bodies or in our lives, Father. And we ask this. In Jesus' name, amen. And, and, brothers and sisters, that's as easy as it gets. We have not because we ask not. Uh, if we ask the Lord to do it, he'll do it. If he doesn't, there's a reason why, and he'll show us. Um, and Brother Shannon mentioned something earlier. You know, if you come up for deliverance and you don't get it, you know what that means? You didn't get your deliverance. Continue to come up. Don't be embarrassed. All of us in deliverance, no. Sometimes, you know, our, if we're not, if the Lord's doing something else, He'll stop the deliverance. He, you know, He just, He just won't honor our prayers uh, when we do this, um, and then He'll show us what, what the holdup is. But don't stop coming up for prayer because the devil will trick you and tell you that that you don't have demons, and don't think that he won't trick you. There are people today, even after the the. Thousands of, of photographers that, that Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, um, I believe it was Eisenhower, sent uh, to the um, Auschwitz and um, the uh, camps uh, in Germany and took tens of thousands of pictures so that the world would never deny that there was a Holocaust. We have people today that deny the Holocaust. If you don't take care of your demons, they will trick you into believing that they're not there and you'll end up the rest of your life either on medication or living a defeated life for Jesus. Get these things. Uh, Pastor Rowe used to say, sight demons sink same. You know, you don't have to yell at them. You've got authority. You don't have to belittle them. You've got the name of Jesus Christ, and, and you can have victory over this and ask the Lord to restore your soul. Praise God. Yes, indeed. Amen. There is a restoration of the soul tonight. Uh, Pastor Mike, uh, it was such a honor and a pleasure to have you on tonight. Great word. If you missed it tonight, folks, it's going to be on MP3 in about 15 minutes. And, uh, Pastor, before you go, would you give out your contact information one more time, please? Sure, sure. Uh, the church uh, is hbcdelivers.org. Um, a lot of good information on the website there. Uh, links uh, to um, our YouTube page and, and of course, WRW publications, and that, of course, is wrwpublications.com, and that's where all of Pastor Worley's material uh, can be purchased from. Um, And uh, revel in that stuff. Just take it and and apply it in your life, and just know, brothers and sisters, that if it worked for other people, it's going to work for you too. 
and the devil's going to fight you. He's going to tell you that that this isn't true. He's going to tell you that you know you're beside yourself, uh, that you're just thinking all this stuff. Just 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 laugh at him. He hates it when you do that. Uh, just laugh at him and just keep going after it because how many times I'm praying for people and, and, you know, I'm not coming out. I told you I'm not coming out. Listen, if you think you're going to get me out, you know, and, I mean, these they, they are really cool characters sometimes. Uh, and then just all of a sudden, you know, you just say, come out in Jesus' name again, and they just start pouring out because they have a problem. They have a problem when you use the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, just use the name of Jesus Christ. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, and listen, there's information. If you go to the website, uh, booklet number five uh, talks about uh, curses and soul ties. Um, booklet number 24 is also very important. It's about the fragmented soul. Um, um, I believe it's 26. 24 is arrested development. Um, the alcohol Now, the alcoholic syndrome is going to be back in print soon, but we have three booklets that cover a, a good amount of the material uh, that's in the book, The Alcoholic Syndrome. You know, if you've dabbled in alcohol, uh, now, brothers and sisters, you know, this is my opinion, and this comes out of years of, of seeing what demons do. You know, you can believe in whatever you want with alcohol. That's not, I'm not trying to make that point here. But I am trying to say is that many, many of us as believers walk around drunk, but we're dry drunks. We're irresponsible with our money. We're irresponsible at home with our families. We're irresponsible with our possessions. We're no different than the drunk, except we don't drink anymore. What we have are demons. And they are playing out. They have legal rights to stay in us because we've never commanded them out. And uh, so just talk back to the devil. Take care of these, these legal things. Check out the website for the material that... that you know, it's topical that you can put into your life. And then go and do that likewise. It will work for you. And if there's a bump in the road, just ask the Lord, and, and he'll abundantly in his time show you what's going on and then give you victory over it. Amen. Praise Love God. You, I'll talk God to you bless you. Brother. Love you, brother. Thank you for coming on tonight, and we'll see you again next Friday night, Pastor Michael. Amen. Are you ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and tune in each night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific to the Omega Man Radio Network with your host, Shannon Ray Davis. Omega Man Radio is taking enemy territory for Jesus Christ, Yahshua preaching the gospel of the Messiah, and ministering in deliverance and miracle healing. Add some great guest interviews, and you have the recipe for fresh oil for the airwaves. Tune in at OmegaManRadio.com. 